Blog Talk Radio. Republican, 
But I see sometimes Republicans do sometimes have a better ran state. So they run, they've run to from Republican state, Democratic states and Democratic strongholds to a lot of Republican states because of the bad politics they did. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you couldn't get good Democrats in office, but because of the bad politics that was done in cities like in states like California and 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 the East Coast, New York, and places like that, people run out of those cities, run to places like Georgia, run to places like uh, 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 South Carolina, North Carolina, and they bring their bad politics with them, not understanding. And this is it isn't about voting Democrat are Republican. It's about understanding why you left because that tells you who you should vote for when you're in the next election. Why did you run from that East Coast city? What were the problems there that made you run? So that way you can recognize the politics when you're in this new place and you won't begin to vote the same. Same thing. And that's, you know, and so I know they're trying to use this to bring in uh, this big mistake to bring in people like Beto O'Rourke who to me has a lot of California-like politics, even though he's a Democrat. But if he was a Democrat with great politics, it would be different. But he's a Democrat that wants to turn the state of Texas into California. And California has rolling blackouts without bad weather. <laughs> and, you know, it's had a water problem for the last several years. So, so, so my thing is is that Texas isn't the greatest. I mean, the, I mean, isn't the best, but it is actually a very good state that is attracting other people from other states. And so when you see that, you have to ask yourself why. We can't just say because somebody didn't snowplow, they didn't have a snowplow. Well, Texas probably ever has extreme bad weather. So it's not surprising. Is that an excuse? No. But it's not surprising that this, this that, that dumb politicians, and somebody has to pay for this because a lot of people have died too from this, okay? This is horrific. But at the same time, we have to understand politics has beyond a snowplow or a bad weather situation or one situation, we've got to see politics in a whole. Like, we don't want to vote in bad politics because we have one bad situation, okay? Because <laughs> we'll get an even worse situation, okay? I mean, just saying, okay? Just saying out here in these streets. And, you know, I was thinking about this today. I was having this conversation today. And one of the things I was thinking about, I was like, why, you know, I was thinking about growing up, you know, and, like, you know, I lived in I lived in Missouri. Missouri is mostly Missouri has been has been some some sometimes a conservative Democrat. I see either being uh, very conservative. Okay, uh, and I lived in a in in a, in, in a democratic democratic stronghold county, but the state itself, Missouri, y'all know Missouri has a bad. Missouri was the last slave state. A lot of things, you know, Missouri uh, is known for. But one of the things I can remember, and this is something that I've been really thinking about, and it's something I really don't have the questions for, and I, I hear a lot of Republicans say it and, you know, has an excuse to vote for them, but I don't look at it just as an excuse to vote for them because I feel like I need to see it on, on so many deeper levels. But growing up, I realized, I remember had knowing people in like from the East Coast and the West Coast, and they would live, I mean, or like or really deep south, Okay, where there were a lot of democratic stronghold cities and stuff. And I would think, you know, they would live in these democratic cities really like bad. Like compared to people like the hoods in the Midwest would look like kingdoms compared to the hoods on the east and west coast. And and these were strong democratic cities and I was wondering why. 
And then even when I came to Texas, when you think about places like Georgia, Georgia is now turned blue because of what happened the last election. But you think of the black people who have succeeded, even especially even in the Atlanta area. Uh, Atlanta is uh, the city itself is a democratic stronghold, but the state has not been. It's been the state itself has been a very Republican stronghold, and you've seen a lot of black people been able to come to that state and be very successful. Same thing with Texas. And so I'm wondering, you know, like, are we seeing our politics right? Not just in terms of voting Republican, Democrat, but how do we, do we, how do we, how are we seeing our politics? And is what black people have been doing traditionally really working? Because I remember coming to Texas and visiting Texas a lot, and we, we, I go into neighborhoods where you know black people was living in all kind of mini mansions. I'm like, what the hell? I mean, you know, and it was because of the job situation and all kinds of things down here. So even in places that are largely conservative, I I have to start asking these questions, and I really want to understand them. So I I might start doing a study on that because it's like, why is it that black people tend to do well even in more conservative states, even though I think the Republicans are much more straight up about their racism, because I won't say they're more racist, because I feel like Democrats are too, you know, but Republicans are more straight up about it. But why is it that we succeed in those places and we don't tend to do as well from my point of view? You know, that's something I really want to understand, you know, because it's it's trying to understand all of this, you know, and especially what I've seen, and and here's something else I know too, from even watching what happened in New Orleans, with uh, Katrina, and what happened, uh, what uh, what what happened, what's happening now with the lights and stuff like that. One thing I will say this is this, and Louisiana is a largely Republican state too. Here's the thing that I will really uh, say is that government is not built to. My personal opinion will not is they can help, but you get better be ready for some bureaucracy. Anytime government, even if L.A. should get very prepared themselves big time for a major earthquake. They should prepare themselves about rescuing people and helping people. I know they've been preparing for the big one all their life, but they really need to prepare themselves in a way that's huge because, and people who live in L.A. really need to prepare themselves for something like earthquakes or whatever could come through there because here's the thing. One thing we're seeing in this is government's, Fail, and people, you're gonna to have to have your own shit together. Cause really, you know, it's just been a blessing that our our, our lights haven't went out, or or my grandparents and stuff like that. But that's just been God. But let me tell you, you have to prepare, and I'm seeing that now. You have to be a preparation to your own self. And a lot of us black people, we live in these areas that are very uh, prone to uh, uh, things happening. And so we got to make sure that we take care of our shit because government ain't coming through like that. Okay? So, you know, it is what it is. All right? I mean, and today in Texas, what you're seeing is in wealthy neighborhoods. I mean, really wealthy places and stuff are they are they being they being having light problems, water problems, all kind of stuff. So you know, um, very interesting. Okay, so you know, y'all know. I'm hopefully uh, everything stay on tonight. So I'm talking to y'all. <laughs> if I go off, y'all know that you know I had to catch y'all on some other side. 
But we we've been good, so thank God for that. But listen, I mean, you know, it's 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 really that it really has put it more into the front forefront for me that you have to uh, be able to take care of yourself in the midst of of all this. And I feel like it's good things could get possibly you know we could see some more worse things on the horizon. I hate to say that, I really do, but. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, all right, so what else happened tonight? Oh, I was just watching Serena Williams' match with, uh, what's her name, Osaka? What's the girl's name, Osaka girl from Japan? From uh, She's she's really from Florida, but she's representing Japanese. She's half Japanese, half Haitian. And, I t- listen, I had a whole thing I did on Serena a while back about how Serena was too comfortable. And I still say the same thing. I did that, and you guys can go back in the archives and listen to it. Serena needs to sit her ass down now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, really, seriously. I said that tonight. I said she needs to sit her ass down. Go teach the kids. Teach the girl, little young girls in the hoods all across the You know how you're going to kick Osaka's ass by raising up young girls in the hood to kick her ass, okay? Raising up, putting your energy, because what's happening to Serena, this is my personal opinion, okay? And this is kind of y'all, it's a word. I'm going to have an it's a word tonight, okay? Because this is for me, too, because I need this word right now. I'm preaching to myself. But the sermon tonight, the it's a word tonight is when comfort burns you. Like when you too comfort comfortable. Some people will say they're too happy. I don't say it's too happy. When you too comfortable. Like comfort can just mess you up in life. I always say comfort is a motherfucker. I've said that on this show a, a number of times. And sometimes you can just get so comfortable in yourself. And this is what I think when you know, you know, I I think that's what I recognize about Serena Williams that she either needs to now exit the game or find a new motivation, because what's happened over the years, you know. Let me go back over this a little bit. You know, this is kind of going to be your it's a word, but it's kind of a weird it's a word, okay? But let me go back to Serena and Venus's career. They had a father who who was I think the father and mother played tennis. I think that was how the story went. And they wanted them to, they they set out to have little girls. They hoped that a little babies that could play tennis. And so I think Serena's father, I think what he, Venus's father said, and I was just telling the story tonight, I was talking to my husband, and I told him this story. And I, I remember hearing in an interview, Serena's father was on the court with her. I mean, Venus's father was on the court teaching her, and he put down a racket, and I think that he said Venus, Serena was about three or four. And he had one of those things that used to spit out the balls back in the day they used to use for training, you know, spit out the balls, and he had it going. And he said that he was trying to show Venus something, and he looked over at Serena, and she was just hitting the ball, like hitting all the them balls with, coming out with all that power. She was just hitting them, like naturally. Like didn't, and I was like, and he was just saying he knew then, you know, what he had. I'm going to say something that's going to be controversial. I know white folks used to love to say this about black people as, in order to say, you know, that's why we was kicking their ass because we just naturally built a certain way and all that stuff. No, this is not what I'm I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying that Serena and Venus were born to play tennis. They were These young ladies, when they came into the, t- the game of tennis, I mean, they ruined t- uh, tennis in the way it was, its current state. They had never seen nothing like them girls. They was big. They was they was hitting them balls hard. They they hadn't seen shit like such athletic prowess in, in a moment. And you know what I really believe? 
even though they worked real hard, it came very easy to them. And and the reason why I say it because it was more their father's dream. He worked real hard with them every day, training them and everything and stuff like that. But I believe it was more so his dream. And then I also believe there was a hunger to get out of poverty. Shit, they was in Compton in the eighties. Shit, think of that shit. Compton in the eighties. <laughs> Y'all ask me playing hitting the ball too. <laughs> Right, but they were they had they had such a motivation to 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 discipline themselves, their natural skill set, their natural prowess. They they disciplined it and came into a game and wrecked it rather easily. Changed to get changed that whole course of the game. Changed how people opponents meet other opponents. I mean, they were girls playing like guys. That was just straight up, just and that was natural for them. So when you when you when it comes so kind of hard but kind of easy too, and then you get money, you start living real good. You start eating real good. They wanted to start playing tennis. I mean, they wanted to start doing everything, but they but they 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 wanted to do everything but the thing they was born to do. They start wanting to make clothes. They start wanting to do all kind of stuff. And their father kind of brought them back on track. He was like, hey, they got to get focused again or whatever. And I really believe him not being there as much as he used to be has taken that away from them because I believe he was part of their motivation, that their father was very much so, you know, he doesn't come around as much at the games like he used to, but he was very much that motivation, that fierceness. I mean, he when they saw him, she, they was hitting balls and whatever because it they very much felt that energy from him, and he had trained them up in such a way that they didn't. They just they were just like they were focused. So now you got girls who are rich. He's made they they become very rich. They married a white male. I mean, guys, they got their white men. <laughs> Sarita got her baby. I mean, you know, it's a very comfortable. You know, and, and unless you find a new motivation. And unless you find something, like I was saying, she needs to lose it. You know, I'm saying the game's got much faster. She can't afford to, even though she's very built and she's, she built fire. She built like fire. She, means she Her body is great. But the game has changed. They've learned, they've adjusted the game to them. So they. So now you got really fast, a really back fast-moving game and girls, people who know how to hit like them. So that, to me, she needs a slender body now. She needs to. She needs to. Uh, and she. And I always say she needs to go back to Compton. She need to braid her hair, put some braids in her hair, feel that energy again. Feel the energy of uh, maybe ask your dad to come with you to something. You know, you got humble. You, maybe ask him to come back. You need to bring that energy back. But if you ain't ready to do what it takes, then sit your ass at home with that baby and that white man and enjoy your life. And train some other girls. Train some girls of the future. You know how many girls in the hood right now. I know she. they got supposed to have summer camps and stuff like that. I don't hear enough about them. Like, y'all, that means y'all probably ain't putting as much into them. You need to put everything you got into them summer camps because that's, the, those are the, the ones, the, if you can put out some real tennis, some real tennis players of tomorrow, your legacy continues through them. And so that's my advice to her. Don't either you gonna find a new motivation or go sit your ass down. Cause right now you sullying up the play. You sullying up your legacy. Sit your ass down. I find something 
or find something to get motivated about. And that's for us, too, because, you know, I think about uh, somebody like Tom Brady, okay? You know, I ain't big on Tom Brady. You know, I got my conspiracy theories surrounding Tom Brady. But let's just, let me just say, if I really am to believe the NFL and that Tom Brady is the champion that he is, okay, the mindset of that kind of thing, like to come back at 40-some years old, when people say your your game is it's the end of the road for your ass, okay? You too old to be in this game, but you come back and you begin to win. You win Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. Like what? What is your mindset like to keep to still be challenged? He still got fire every time he got out there. He gets out there. He looking at the person. Uh, he he so he he like he can easily he's he, he can easily be comfortable. He got Giselle at home, a supermodel. He got uh he you know he got uh he got money coming out the wazoo. You know what I'm saying? Both of them do. He can and they got kids. He can easily, but it's something about him. If we are not to believe the conspiracy theories, let's throw them out right now. It's something about him that has such a fire. Like, he like, nah, little kid, you ain't going to beat me yet. I ain't ready to give it up to you. I'm ready to wreck up your generation. I'm ready to wreck it up for a couple of generations. Then I'll go sit down. What what makes that? Like, you know, Jordan had that too, but the problem with Jordan is he got bored easily. You know, Jordan, the game was bored. But what made it, what makes Tom Brady so, like, I'd love to hear that, hear his, why, what makes him come out there and be motivated. He's not comfortable. He's not comfortable with his seven. He's not comfortable with all the Super Bowls he's been through. Too. He's not comfortable with his seven championships. He's like, fuck that, I want more. I mean, gee, that's a beast. Can you imagine what it takes at 40-some years old to wake up every morning and to start working out for next season and getting your body straight and saying, you know what, I'm coming for him. I'm, I'm ready. Like, you know, you see the new kid, Patrick Mahomes, coming up on the block, and he was better than you in your prime, and you're like, ooh, that kid is fire. But what motivates him to say, you know what, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that kid out? What what motivates him to stand, instead of just be comfortable in? I mean, that's something very powerful to observe. You know what I'm saying? Basically, what I'm saying is you got to have something stronger than your comfort zone. And you constantly need to challenge yourself. And I guess why I'm saying all this tonight, watching Serena, is that I'm thinking. If you don't find a challenge in it anymore, is it healthy for you? Is it good for you? If something makes you lethargic and comfortable and you can't find the motivation for it, is that what you need? You need something to constantly motivate you to great. You need to be fighting for it until the day you check out. I remember here, I was listening to a sermon one time by Bishop Jakes, and I was I think I was in, I was in college at ORU maybe. And Bishop Jakes was saying about, you know, that he was on a plane, you know, and he's talking about, you know, how the, you know, the enemy was talking to him and he was talking about, 
you know, he was trying to make him scared that the plane was gonna crash and stuff like that. And he was like, you know, he was he said he he suddenly realized, you know, it's trying to you know, this thing is trying to make me fearful or whatever, but he said he said, I realized he said, Well whatever he said, whatever you gonna do, you gonna do. He said, But one thing I know for sure, death's gonna have to catch me. I'm not gonna be easy to get. You gonna catch me in mid flight. That's deep. I, but what he said when he said it, I was like, whoa, you know. The, what he was saying is, I'm going to be constantly moving in this thing until the end. I'm not going to ever be comfortable because I'm here to do, I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for for a reason. And I'm never going to be, and when I get too comfortable for something, it means I move again. I move to the next phase and I move to the next phase and I move to the next phase. Man, it's a powerful thing to think about. And so I just was thinking about all this tonight with uh, Serena, just watching her. And, I, and you know, it's like, is it time for her to exit to get the game or to find a new motivation in it? And so some of you guys I might be tonight for your, it's a word because this is a word. I'm about to wrap it up. But some of y'all tonight may be saying, you know what, Carlotta, I, feel, I don't feel challenged right now in my life. I'm literally too comfortable. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? This 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 Corona. I've been sitting at home. I've been <laughs> I've been doing everything. Like, you know, sometimes it happens to me on days. You know, like days like today, I had to like, you know, I I have a my workout. The workout room is in my garage, and it's kind of cold right now, <laughs> right? But I had to just motivate my ass to go down there and and work out. I was like, nah, uh, uh-uh, uh, we ain't getting, we ain't going back. We ain't going back. We only going. We only going uh, forward, and that's down in the weights, right? But you can get so comfortable, you know, because it's cozy and it's warm. <laughs> I say, hey, I'm gonna be rocky. I'm gonna be running out here in this cold where I can see my breath. But anyway, but no, well, what I'm saying to you guys is maybe you feel like you 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 you're feeling you because the coronavirus and stuff. You've been quarantined at home. Some of y'all been working from home. You're not feeling challenged. You're feeling uh, too comfortable and stuff like that, find something today because the world, I know the world right now is trying to get throw all kind of curveballs at us. But find, but today you're you still alive, you're still here. Find something that takes you out your comfort zone and challenges challenges you and motivates you to greatness. Don't ever stop being motivated, and when you do, change the course. Or find new what for find new motivations. If you can't find new motivations in it, maybe it's time to hang up that. Maybe it's time to move on from it. But if you can't, if you can, like you know what, I still see Serena probably how she could do it. You know, I still see how she could bleep that girl, little girl. I still see how she could win it. But she'd have to be. It's a great price to pay for that fire that she needs. That means maybe slimming down. You may not. You may. I don't know if she has a nanny or not, but you may have to have a nanny. You may not spend a. You may spend quantity, a quality time with your child, but you may not spend a, a lot of time. It's gonna be because you're gonna have to train and you're gonna have to study and you're gonna have to learn. So she has to adjust her new her her new comfortable life. To, to becoming champion again. And I somebody like Tom Brady, I bet his whole family's adjusted to how he moves. You know what I'm saying? Like you, they adjust to his moves because he because he has to have that move in order to stay till he's finished in that in that arena. So whatever it is that you are you feeling, you know, 
maybe you need to get motivated again in something. But what I would say to you, like I said last week about counting the cost, I think the last week I talked about counting the cost, figure out what the price is first, what you may have to pay, because the price is always important. And then once you decide that you can pay that price, then take yourself out the comfort zone and start moving towards challenging yourself and your goals and where you're at. Because, listen, comfort, it feels real good for a little while, you know, this is really nice. But you eventually have to get up. You eventually have to come out of it. You eventually have, because otherwise there's no growth in it's just staying comfortable, okay? So uh, you, you always need challenge and you always need motivation. So find the motivation and the challenges around you to achieve your goals. Okay, that's your it's a word. <laughs> Man, I hope y'all like it. I know you come on just like just for that. <laughs> okay, so okay, let's get to it. Okay, when I come back, we're gonna have to talk about Bill Gates out in these streets. Talking about talking about how to have now you know he's buying up all the farmland, right? You know he he been buying though he's a major person buying up all the farmland. People aren't paying attention to that part. But listen to what he recently said. He's talking about y'all got to get used to eating uh, 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 synthetic beef if you got a money. Ah, oh, he's up to something. Let me tell y'all. We're gonna talk about his him his crazy ass. We gotta talk about uh, what else? There's so many things I need to talk to y'all about tonight. Oh my goodness! I came out. I was like, I gotta talk to. This. I gotta talk. Make sure I talk. Let me see. Um, see what was on. Uh, okay, let me figure it. Let me find it here for you guys. Pulling up my uh, what was I supposed to talk to you guys about? Y'all gotta give me a moment. It's a late night show, and it's crazy. <laughs> okay, let's see. What else? Because, you know, I don't forget how we talk. We're definitely talking about Rachel Dolezal tonight. You know, Rachel Dolezal is showing back up, and she is now saying, talking about how uh, she has not been able to uh, get a job within six years. I'm like, uh, that sounds like some Negro shit to me. <laughs> if you want to be Negro, here you go. <laughs> okay, so, you know, so uh, definitely we got to talk about uh, her, Okay. And we got to talk about this girl. Listen here, when I when I saw this, Jesus. remember the chick who won the lottery a few years ago, and Ayanla had her on her show. Oh, Jesus, God. this is why I want to be Thanos, low key Thanos. I told y'all I'd be like, look, but you know what, Lord, I don't got mercy like you. I don't got grace. I need more mercy and grace, Lord, to understand people. Because I know I'll be messing up, too. But this right here is just crazy. Remember her? She won the lottery. She won, like, a, like some crazy amount, like $100-something million. She bought a big old house. She was trying to buy him. She bailed this Negro out, like, four times. Like, millions of dollars in bail. 
Welp, he's suing her now. Oh, Lord. We're going to talk about it. I, just, I don't even know what to say. I, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, this is, this is, it. it's so crazy. I, it's just. It's just crazy. It's it's nuts. I know. We got to talk. We'll talk about it more when I get back. Meanwhile, I see y'all need a break. Okay, so I'm going to play my groove, my favorite song. Don't disturb this groove, the system. It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. It's a late at night. I'm up doing a late night hot topic show for y'all part two. I'll be back in a moment. <laughs>
For the very best in government, politics, celebrity entertainment, music news, tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right here on Block Talk Radio. What's up, guys? I am back. It's the CC Show. It's Carlotta, late night edition, hot topics. You know what? I just want to say a lot of you, some of you have been writing me, asking me how I'm doing. I just got one right from uh, uh, one from Sharon. Sharon, our one of my uh, one of my listeners from Barbados. What's up, girlie? Uh, she wanted to know if I'm doing good. We doing good in Texas. I'll write her back too. You know what? We, we I'm doing fine. I'm doing. It's been, I've been really blessed. Trust me on that. Okay. Uh, so those of you who have been who've been asking, been really blessed. Really trying to get things. Uh, trying to get some you know stuff done. But you know, just keep praying for us. Okay, because this weather is cold. I like to be in Barbados though right now. <laughs> okay, so shout out to one of my listeners there, okay? All right, so you guys, uh we I am back on the CC show. Uh listen. So, you know what? I just I know it's Beyonce being advertising Icy Park. It was funny. Somebody put Dang sis, we know we gonna go out and buy the clothes. You didn't have to turn all of Texas uh code or something to Beyonce because Beyonce has a new line of Icy Park coming out. Uh listen, and, and then, can I just say this? Because I'm already seeing celebrities open boxes. I just, oh, God. I don't understand what's wrong with these celebrities. They're just so out of touch. Some of them are so out of touch. You know, like, they sometimes you need regular people to come and tell you, like, what's really cool and what's really dope, like what would be kind of cool. You know what would be kind of cool? Beyonce needs to go to her fan pages. Her her fan because let me tell you something. Them some rabbits. Them ain't nothing like the Beehive. I ain't seen no shit like that. Okay. Besides Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's fan. Now they. Now that's a whole nother bargain. Beehive can't compare. They ain't nowhere in the. Michael Jackson's people will travel the, the globe. Okay. They they weren't playing. They was at trial every day. Y'all ain't messing with these Jays people. Okay. But the Beehive is kind of crazy. So what I would do if I was Beyonce is. I would take my glass. I mean, my what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about. I just saw the, something from Maxwell glasses, and I was just like, I'm thinking about glasses too. But no, I'm. T- I take my icy parkwear, and I'm gonna say that about him too. I take my icy parkwear, and I would send it to people who are doing a fan page, like, and have them open it. Like, damn, can we get some fans? Like give give them some the people who do your big fans like the ones who do a, who do websites and and worship the 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 your dirty draws. Like I got one girl I follow. Like I had I was following two Maxwell pages, but I had to guarantee I had to put it down to one. <laughs> wait a minute, y'all like Carlotta? Wait a minute, now, <laughs> as crazy as you are about Maxwell. <laughs> You you would no I did because I kept seeing pictures of Maxwell all down my timeline. I was like, damn it! I see a picture of Maxwell like every time, every person on my timeline. I was like, God damn! And you know I'm trying to withdraw, I'm trying to withdraw from concerts and stuff, and y'all can't be showing me Maxwell every day. So I you know I got one girl who is like she, I mean she really does her. I mean she like loves the fuck out of Maxwell. It's a couple of them. It's like two or three of them. They love the fuck out of Maxwell. I mean like I think my love is not you know I. I mean, I like them, but, you know, I mean, I'm not doing a fan page. 
my friends like, bitch, you might as well. <laughs> no, but listen, I may talk about them on this show. But listen, they deserve some glasses, Maxwell. If you do, since you out here packing up glasses, you y'all like to send them to other celebrities. We really don't give a shit. It'd be cool if you send them to your fans. Send them to the girls that's doing these fan pages. Uh, shout out to uh, Beyonce needs to do that. She needs to she needs to show pic and she needs to show it on her. Not Miss Tina, not Miss Tina's ass, but Beyonce's ass. Needs when she sent out this big old pot, box of icy pork because I've already seen a couple of people open up a colorful box from her of icy pork. When you send that shit out, Beyonce, you need to send it to about four or five, especially the gay behind the gay guys. They really be <laughs> they be giving they be they be for real they be hyped. Okay, you need to show some pictures of you sending put it on your website and them your fans opening up the box surprise boxes from you. Have them tape it, and when they get it, like then you have a letter into their today ass. Okay, that's what that's that's hype in these hard times. You know what I'm saying? Like the people who keep stay up on you. And I just saw that's why I said glasses accident. I was just looking at my Instagram during break, and I saw Maxwell had put one. He had put up something like where he had given some glasses to some celebrities like a Kerry Washington. I don't give a shit. Who gives a shit about Kerry Washington? You know what was what's really neat. Other fans like to see other fans. That's my personal opinion. And it shows, like, you're grateful. Like, like I'm grateful for y'all crazy ass mofos keeping my pictures and shit out there. Like, damn. Like, send them, send them girls a pair of glasses. High-ass glasses. Send them some glasses. Damn. Oh, there's a bunch of their asses. Send their asses some glasses. I've seen, like, four to five Maxwell pages. That's really good. You need to send their asses some glasses. And I don't even let me get on Beyonce pages, okay? Beyonce's ass. Jeez. Oh, no, okay, wait a minute. Maxwell's got a contest going. No, I don't like contests. Contests work. That means people have to work too hard. The fans, certain fans shouldn't have to work hard. The ones that work, they 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 don't got time to be. Yeah, he got a contest going with glasses. I think with some for his glasses, like like you tell them what type of song or something. It was something he had up the other day, like what his song meant to you and stuff like that. People who run those fucking blogs don't have time to be fucking telling you what their favorite song is. They do. I mean, damn. I mean, it's enough they run the blog. Hopefully he sent them a pair of glasses. That's what I'm saying. Send people who run your blogs, who love on you like that, they they don't really got to do that. Like, Beyonce should definitely do that. Because Beyonce, when you got something to sell, selling it through the fans is dope. And it shows that there, that you have a, that you're in touch of someone. It shows that, oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, wow, uh, uh, you know, whoa, uh, one of their fans got this. And, show, and have your fans take pictures of them getting the gift. I mean, this is so simple. I mean, I don't know what the fuck they be, who the fuck be advising these people. I'd be like, Beyonce should have been sending boxes. I mean, like, I, it's, it's fun to watch the celebrities open boxes, but it's kind of like, again, that's not who makes your, your, your web page sell out, I don't think. Within a second, when your clothes come online, it's not celebrities. They get that shit for free, and they may and they advertising it for you. It's those fucking fans who are rabid, dog crazy, nutty about your ass. Get a fan some love. Let me see some fans opening up some shit. That's all. 
I'll be talking a lot of shit. I talk a lot of shit. I was <laughs> oh my God, let's talk about Powerball winner. <sighs> Marie Holmes, it's so late, God. Poor Marie. Remember when Marie was on Ayamla and she had bought the plantation? Oh, Jesus. My nerves. I'm not going to have time for all this tonight. I'm not quite sure. But I gotta, I gotta make some time for Marie. This is from MadamNoray.com. According to new reports, 2015 Powerball winner Marie Holmes is now being sued by her ex-fiance Lamar Hot Sauce McDowell. Yes, I said hot sauce. After Holmes won a 188 million dollar jackpot, she and McDowell, she really, can I say this? This is um, Ayanla. Here was the interesting thing. I don't think she actually bought the ticket. Her mom did, and her mom gave it to her because her mom was like she had five. She has five children. Now listen to this. If I can remember the story on Ayana, y'all don't quote me on it. So we're gonna put a big uh, maybe behind this, okay? But if I remember that when she was on Ayana, the mom gave her the money so she could help her with her kids. But listen, what was the kicker of it all? The mama ended up with the kids. <laughs> the mama had the kids anyway at the time. And she gave her the money for the child. Y'all got that. I hope a Yamla wants that old thing. A Yamla needs to go revisit Marie, okay? We, a Yamla, I want to see where Marie is at in her mind. Before you, Ayama, you can't go off the air without going to fix Marie's life again. Please, 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 Ayama. Please, Ayama, be fine. I hate that she's leaving too because I love that show. But anyway, it says, uh, and sidebar, before I finish reading this Marie McDowell story, this is sidebar, okay? This is completely off the subject, but I just thought about it with Ayama Zanzan's show being the last season. But Miss Robbie from Sweetie Pies came out last week. Did She did the IG Live. First of all, let me just say this. Miss Robbie is a doll baby. Miss Robbie is almost 80 years old and fly as hell, okay? Miss Robbie was looking beautiful. You never could tell that she was going through the shit she'd been going through, okay? But Miss Robbie was looking great, okay? Now, this is this is what Miss Robbie said. People were telling her, Miss Robbie, we miss you and all that stuff. And, you know, she said, they, people were saying, we want to see you back on TV. She said, y'all need to talk to Owen about that. Owen! Owen! Are you crazy? Miss Robbie, if you can get Miss Robbie back on, if you can get sweet, do you know the rating, uh, the rating thing it would be while Tim is in jail right now for what he's supposed to be in jail for? Do you know how big the ratings would be if Miss Robbie is Sweetie Pie was back on TV? Oh, my God, y'all need to go get Sweetie. Y'all need to bring back Sweetie Pies right now. Right now, go get talk. Go negotiate with Miss Robbie. I'm ready. I'm re- I was like, Miss Robbie, you want to come back? I didn't think Miss Robbie would want to come back on TV. I thought she was ready to come. But Miss Robbie was like, y'all need to talk to Owen about that. Miss Robbie is saying she ready for her show. She'll come. It sounded like to me Miss Robbie was saying she'll come back. Come on, on! Don't be dumb. Y'all showing me crazy shows, all kind of crazy shit. Y'all can have Miss Robbie back on. I'm seeing these little girls from Mississippi arguing and stuff. Y'all need to. 
Uncle need to bring so I want to see Sweetie Pop. I see out of Huntsville, Alabama, who are you all the damn time? Melanie and 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 Martell is just arguing all over the damn place. I'd rather see Miss Robbie in it. And the trial's gonna be happening too. Oh, don't be stupid. That's all I gotta say. Okay, that sideboard's over. Back to Marie. She and McDowell continuously made headlines for their tumultuous and fairly expensive relationship, including tens of millions in bond money being paid by her over the course of four arrests to help bail him out of jail when arrested for a variety of serious offenses. If you recall, back in 2016, McDowell defended his then-fiancé's decision to repeatedly pay his bail Telling the Daily Mail, if I had money, then I would do the same for her. People are just jealous because of how much she won, and people want to see me locked in jail. He additionally told the outlet that she she is standing by her man. Mm. As reported now by North Carolina's NBC affiliate WECT6, McDowell is claiming that during the same year, 2016, because he was preparing to begin a seven-year prison sentence, for drug trafficking charges he was convicted of in 2014, he decided to appoint Holmes as the agent of his assets. Being detailed in the federal lawsuit, Mr. McDowell authorized Ms. Holmes to store, maintain, and protect his real and personal property during the incarceration. Because of, because of Holmes' upgraded status in her relationship, things got complicated when the couple split up back in 2006-17, and McDowell allegedly learned that she started dating other people. In the new lawsuit, he claims that in the months that followed, Holmes sold off what McDowell considered to be his own personal property. The items were some of the things she lavished on him when they were together, including a $250,000 modified Chevrolet Stingray, $100,000 $100,000 worth of clothes and jewelry, and $600,000 auto restoration business. Now, Yama talked about that when she had them on the show because she was saying to her, you know, you, you really don't know how to run a business, and he's getting ready to go to jail. Why would you buy this business for him? I, I remember Yama talking to her about that and kind of telling her, but that's crazy. Okay, so it was it was on TV that she bought it, and, and she said, and it says uh, along with other large purchases, according to the news source. Basically, McDowell is now suing because he feels, despite them no longer being together romantically, since he made Holmes the agent of his things while he's locked up, she was in the wrong for selling off the gifts that she gave him without permission. The lawsuit detailed McDowell's reasoning further by saying Miss Holmes' unconditional obligation to act in the best interest of Mr. McDowell didn't stop because Miss Holmes and Mr. McDowell's relationship ended. All things being considered, the case has more complexities due to the fact that some of the gifts we're giving were actually registered under his name. So that's interesting. Um, like the car and the business. As far as what uh, he wants from the lawsuit overall, the outlet reported McDowell is seeking compensation for the assets and claims. Okay, listen here. You know what? Oh my goodness, she got smart. She 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 got smart, but gosh, she got smart a little too late. She finally realized that he was in jail for seven fucking years. That's what I think he went for, seven fucking years. 
and she realized it came to her mind because back then she couldn't, she couldn't, her mind wouldn't think she was not thinking. I thought she might have been on drugs. I'm not saying she was on drugs, but my, in my head I was thinking it's, it's, in order to be this crazy, you got to be on something. I prefer to think you was on something because you can't just be this crazy on your own. I mean, she was doing crazy shit. Now, if I'm her, I'm just going to take this L. You know what, especially if you've evolved while he's been in jail, especially if you have you have really, you know, and hopefully you ain't spent up all your money and shit, but $188 million is hard to spend up. Damn, I hope you ain't spent up all that money. I'm just going to be mad. I'm just going to be real angry. But listen, at this point, $188 million, if you got some money left, I'm just going to negotiate with the lawyers find out what it's looking like for me. And I'm not going to fight him. I'm not going to spend my money in court fighting somebody. All this, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I ain't going to do it. Okay? I was a fool for love. That's what she should say. I was a damn fool for love. And I got to pay the price. Remember I talked about Holly, Be- Holly Berry had to pay the price. Sometimes you got to pay for peace of mind. You know what I'm saying? You got to just pay for peace of mind. You knew you was a fool for him. You, it's on TV. It's documented on TV that you was a damn fool. They, Ayana Von Zant, he can just go to the Ayana Von Zant, uh, uh, uh Fix My Life archives and pull up that damn show. And it is so that you was a damn fool, okay? So at this point, instead of spending a bunch of money on lawyers and all that kind of shit, you know, my thing is peace, P-E. Especially me and my $188 million just want to live in peace. You know what? You're right. I did say I was going to take care of your shit, and I got tired of your, I done built your tired ass out of jail. My ass was dumb. I spent millions of dollars on your dumb ass. I It was dumb of me to do so. But it was also dumb of me to do this. Now, I feel like I, if I was her, I feel like I done paid my dues to you because I paid your ass out of the nerve of him. The nerve, the absolute nerve. You're sorry, sir. The absolute nerve of you to come back after a young lady who actually paid millions and millions of dollars in bail for you to help your ass out. She, People was calling her a fucking fool. I mean, isn't that enough? Hasn't she done enough? She did everything she could to keep your fucking ass out of jail. Gave all kind of money. She was dumb as fuck. People called her dumb as fuck. She really should have upgraded. My ass would have my ass would have upgraded the other. You wouldn't have found me. I'm going to tell you, she's better than me. Because the next day, after I won that lotto, you, all you would have came to my house and knocked on the door, all you would have seen was a, 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 a tissue paper blowing in, a little piece of tissue paper, or some remnant blowing from... All the stuff, because I done moved out. I done gone bye-bye. You would never see me ever again. <laughs> I might have wrote your ass a little check and said, thanks for the ride. Shit, but my ass would have been gone, because I understand I done won $188 million and used on your way to jail, you loserville. 2014, you been in, you you have been in, you been in and out of incarceration. I would have been gone like the wind. But this is Trying to be down for her man. She should be on the episode of For My Man. But she ain't did nothing that stupid. But this sister spent millions of dollars in bailout money. And then she turned around and bought a fool of business who don't have no business sense. 
trying to help. She was trying to help. Even when she knew he was on his way to jail, she still bought him a business. I mean, you talking about crazy But, sir, you should not be asking her for anything. You should be grateful for the time you had, but because you, you're being less than a man. I would oblige you. I would not fight. And if I was her, I would give, I, if I was her, I would give him, matter of fact, I wouldn't even, you know what, I'd give him the money. Because I ain't going to be arguing all day with you. I ain't going to be going back and forth with you. More than likely. I mean, it depends, you know. I didn't really have to think about it, but more, she, if she really needs to take that L and just give it to him, you know, because she did it. I mean, she did it. She had, she bought all kind of crazy stuff too. I mean, you should see that Yana Von Zahn. When I actually saw that Yana Von Zahn show, show, I kind of, you know, afterwards a tear kind of streamed down my eye. I like, why did this tear stream down your eye? Because I'm like. I mean, Lord, is this who you let the lottery go to? I mean, I could, you know what I could do with $188 million? Is this, is this who the lottery goes to? <laughs> I mean, she she had the $188 million. I don't think she even comprehended what it was. That could change your life. Like in a matter of seconds, like your whole life changed. And she chose to to deal with this buster. I mean, it's sad, really. I hope she's made better choices in males. You know? I really hope so for her sake, okay? Crazy. Man. Ayana, get her on. We need a bat we need a we need to see how she's doing now. Oh my goodness, crazy. Rachel Dolezal, the avatar, as I call her. <sighs> she's got an African name. I just, she's changed her name from Rachel Dolezal. I don't know if I can even pronounce it. I really don't have to. This is just the craziest. It's Nikichi Amori. Nikichi? Nikichi? Diallo Oh Jesus Rachel says that she hasn't been able to find a job In six years after being exposed I say That's some real Negro shit for you (laughs) I mean you wanted to be black Now you're getting the full experience. You're not just getting the privilege. Oh, but you're getting the experience now. <laughs> oh, my God. This is according to Daily Mail. I can't. The things that happen in the world are just beyond me. I don't know. I told you I, I low-key. I be low-key. I be low-key down on something. She's part of the reason. According to the Daily Mail, Rachel Dolezal, 43, has claimed she is unable to find a job after it was revealed she is a race faker in 2015. She told Tamron Hall that even after changing her name 
to Nikichi Amari Diallo in 2017, she is still recognized. You think? <laughs> the former NAACP leader said it has been really tough to provide for her kids. She said she was forced to create my own job, and she now braids hair. who says she still feels black claims she wished people could see me more for who I am. She was exposed in 2015 and diminished from her position as an instructor in Africana Studies at Eastern Washington University. You know, it was all good when they thought she was light-skinned. You know what I'm saying? That's what she was going off of. She was... She was trying to use what, but she was she was trying to be a black woman, but use what she felt was light skin privilege. And now she's suffering because she lied, and then she still wants to tell people she feels black by taking real, real shit from. I mean, she was in there as an avatar. I mean, hanging around the NAACP. You could have did that as a white woman. If you love the culture so much of black people, you see, do you not see people like Tina Marie? I mean, when Tina Marie was alive, it's a t- plenty of white chicks that like the black community, but they don't go and lie and pretend to be black. As a matter of fact, I would say you could do a lot more being yourself. But this bitch wanted to go take it one step further. She, I actually think she was some sort of spy. I really do because she planted herself. She was in, she was in Africana studies, and then she went to Howard University and she planted herself in very in spaces where black, uh, very uh, a lot of black uh, power is. It's the end of the end of end of it has that one. She was one of the heads of the NAACP in her town's chapter. Do you know how much stuff and information she probably got? I mean, she's very interesting. I don't look at her as very innocent. But here's the thing. Rachel, you can change all of that. I mean, it's simple. You know you know how you can change all of that? The way you can change all of that is being white, girl. Just go on and be white. I mean, really, seriously. Be a full-fledged white woman. Live in your white experience, and then you can help your children because you have black children. You can help your black children more by not living in a black experience, but living your experience. You need to come to terms that you're a white woman, and that white privilege will come back to you, okay? But as long as you pretend to be Nikichi, you're going to get the full-on black experience, okay? So my thing is, Rachel, be who you are. I mean, as simple as that. You can be a white woman and appreciate the culture. I don't understand what's wrong. I don't understand her point. She's a complete, maybe, she might be some, it may be some mental, real strong mental issues going on here. I mean, you know, like really strong ones. pretty sad, though. I mean, it's very sad. But, you know, if this is how she wants to live, if this is what she wants to do, I mean, be that. But most black people, you know, here's the thing. 
the best way to be to 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 uh to to be to me to show I mean people like you know I would never trust someone who could not be themselves. I wouldn't trust you to be my friend if you could not be living your own space and truth. I mean sometimes we all have a hard time living in our own authentic truth. All of us do, and when we're at our worst spot, when we're listen, when we're at our How can I say this? When we're not in our authentic truth, we're at our worst place. We don't tend to draw things to us like we should. We don't tend to, but when we live in our our true, truest form, our truest nature, well, that's when we can get more things to us. We can get more people around us. And to me, Rachel Dolezal is living a huge lie. And what it is is that she couldn't cut it as a white woman. She was rejected. But, you know, I say this all the time. Listen, I say this a lot. And I always tell people, because race in America is such a, it has so many layers in American history. I mean, race is so deeply rooted and ingrained into America. So sometimes racism is very, uh, it's really so small to decipher. It's like a, it's like a, it can be like as small as an atom, the, the root of of these of different types of racism, and Rachel, a lot of times in white America, a lot of women will not be accepted by their own, or they can't cut the mustard over in their own with the white boys, so they figure they'll go over to the black males because the black males will accept less. I like Kardashians. You know, they think you're so desperate for a girl with uh, with the, their hair and their looks and their this and that. They think you're so desperate for anything that's European that you will accept them any kind of way they, you know, they come. So what they'll do is she rooted herself in, in where she would be praised because black people, we have, a, we, because of slavery, we have a tendency to uh, and what's been put in our heads. See, a lot of times, and I, you know, a lot of times, what a lot of uh, white supremacists don't understand is that uh, racism for a Black America is being is so ingrained in our system that I mean, the 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 way they talked to us, the way they treated us, the way they separated us out, it created uh, colorism within our group. It created a lot of things, and so. What you what you will have is what black people will tend to worship what's more European, and so she came over here knowing that she could she could get worshipped because she would she wouldn't be simply a white woman, but she would pretend to be black and with European features, and she felt that more black people, particularly black males, would worship her for that, and in some ways she did move up in society. Whereas probably in white society, she was not able to cut the mustard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why I be telling black men. I say this, you know what? I say this to a lot of black men. When you see, like I always talk about blondes, like for instance. I'm not saying all people. Sometimes love is love, okay? That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying everybody. But I'm saying when you see certain situations, when you see 
real well-to-do, like real gorgeous, like blonde white girl, like suddenly scullying it up in in the I mean, what what they consider scullying up because we ain't scullying it up, but they consider it scullying up. But hanging out with the black rappers, or looking for the black R&B singers and stuff like that, you gotta ask yourself why? Because she could do well in her group, especially if she's a real beautiful white girl. Why isn't she catching on in her group? Because she, uh, see, sometimes they'll come to the, down to the, because it's easier to get black males because black males will kind of be like, you know, will let down their standards because it looks European. And we consider what looks European beautiful or status quo, which is crazy. And so that's why this girl came over and moved in our society. That's why, and she's having a hard time because now our society has rejected her for lying. She's really just a white girl. And and and, and we've rejected her because we understand what she was doing now. And now she, we're seeing that she just really couldn't cut it in white society. That's why she's so, she's so messed up about white society. She can't even. She don't even want to go back. She's like, I can't even. I can't cut the mustard there. Now I'm. I'm so bad. I'm braiding hair. And we as black people let her. You need to cut the mustard racial in white society. You need to go back to white society and work it out. That don't mean you can't be down with black people. When you find your true authentic self, the jobs will come. The work will come. You know, maybe in white society you won't be considered uh, uh, a, 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 who's a good person to use in white society? Who do they love so much? You know, some like a, I mean, you won't be considered in the top notch in white society, but you gonna have to cut the muscle. Maybe you need to use your brains like you use them over here. You need to, but you need to move in your group. And it's really racism to me that she would come over and pretend to be black because she knew. I bet she she felt like she would be superior. And she and she's not the only one that's done this. There's been other people that have been found out to do do this because they felt like they could move in. They got they got privileges being black that they didn't get being white because they could use the light skin privilege thing. And that's really racial too. That's really and that's really the worst kind of racist. Sad. Aisha Query. Are we ready to talk about Aisha yet? Because y'all been mad at Aisha out in these streets. Steph Curry's wife, Aisha Curry, responds after critics call her a hypocrite over sweet July photo. This is according to Eurorev.com. Aisha Curry made time to clap back at a, to, at a critic of the latest issue of the latest issue of her magazine, Sweet uh, July, which finds a mom of three posing nude. Curry31 shared the pictures to Instagram and wrote in the caption from our Sweet July body feature. So many natural wellness and skin remedies in the issues. And Stephen Curry30 got to pick the photo. Shins and shoulders, y'all. Shins and shoulders. So she, she really doesn't show she really doesn't show a lot of her body. She just shows her legs and her arms and stuff like that. It's really nice. I mean she it looks nude, but you really can't see it, okay? It said one person responded with, I thought you and your husband was a Christian couple. 
Very much so, Curry, the wife of NBA star Steph Curry, responded. Another user wrote, is this the same person that was telling women to cover up a few years ago? Never did that, Aisha fired back. Okay, uh, per Yahoo, the comments uh, was referring to Curry's tweet from December 5th, 2015, where she writes, Everyone, everyone's into barely wearing clothes these days, huh? Not my style. I like to keep the good stuff covered up for the one who matters. Now, she does tend to dress very up high. She's changed that over the years. She's become a little bit more showing more <clears throat> a little bit here and there and everything. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute, okay? She later clarified her statement in a follow-up tweet writing, regardless of uh, of if you like my style of clothes or not, which I don't care, please do not tear women down and degrade them, not cool peeps. Aisha has several defenders of her latest Sweet July issue with a Twitter post spice writing. I mean, Aisha Curry was a conservative religion Christian girl who got married at 21 the childhood sweetheart she met at 14 and 15 at church and was a young mom. Of course, she's she was always going to struggle with respectability, politics, and modesty. I don't get to dragging it out. Listen, I completely get this. And this is what, you know, y'all been getting on that little girl, uh, Chloe, about, who also comes, I think, from a uh, I think that her family might be from a little bit of a religious background, Chloe and Haley, I'm not for sure. But listen, let me explain something. You go up in the church, there is a lot of, um, and I grew up in the church, okay? When you go up in the church, there is a lot of, it's, it's, it's hard for a young woman, in, especially in her 20s, especially like Aisha Curry. I'm glad that, per, that Twitter person said that. When you're coming, you're, you're coming together in the, you know, you're 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 trying to be spiritual, but you're also at a time where you are trying to find out your sexuality. And Aisha got married very young. She got married like at 21. She's had three babies already. Now, I know you guys out here, and I like some of the guys who do the, um, you know. Uh, the Kevin Samuels of the world and, and, and the O'Shea's and in the, 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 the business, Jason, uh, Jason, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Jason, Jason Black. I know people say, you know, that it's good for women to get married young, but let me, let me just say something. Women evolve and change. I'm a woman, I know. We evolve and change so much. And in our 20s, to also be dealing with the religious aspect of it and trying to discover our sexuality, I used to get married very young. You know, and, and, and she got married into a family that was very religious, too. And so she has been trying to find a balance of being a mom and being sexy because she's got a husband who plays in the NBA and who's a star in the NBA. And trust me, his sexy bitch is out there coming for his ass. <laughs> okay? So she's trying to find a way not to be a thought but to be able to still be desirable to him and be a mom and be able to play roles so that she doesn't become something to him that's dull. And I can appreciate that about her. I love that she's living in her airy shit. I know that's that airy shit. And, you know, yeah, there is some, I understand there is some insecurity going there, but that's because she she got married so young and she's dealing with the church and everything. She's trying now to find a balance with her sexuality. And that's hard for us women to do. And we just, when we get married, we people just don't want to go dead. You know what I'm saying? 
And if you do go dead, the relationship's going to go dead. And the thing about Steph that is so dope is that Steph picked that picture. And Steph is letting her, he's letting her because he knows he can't do anything about it. You know, Steph is like, you know, I'm securing my shit. You know what I'm saying? He ain't the type of dude that's not going to be like, you know, you know, if he go, he can get somebody, I mean, he can get somebody else, she can get somebody else. I mean, the whole thing is <clears throat> you have to be secure. And I can appreciate Aisha Curry trying to learn how to just balance it all. You know what I'm saying? And trying to be uh, sexy, too, you know. And it, and it is what it is. I mean, I've had people say this to me, you know. Hey, my last few years, there have been tremendous changes with me. You know what I'm saying? And people are like, oh, what does that mean? You know, I'm, you becoming something different. I'm doing the work that I should have did years ago. And where that discovery leads me, I don't know. But I'm doing what I should have done. You know, what I always talk to you guys, tell you guys I had a strange spiritual experience, and I really did. I had a spiritual experience where um, I had a particular thing that I really needed to jolt me, to change how I saw myself. Because I realized that, that within the last, 20, maybe 15, 20 years, I had become just extremely comfortable with all kinds of things. Just extremely, and it's so hard to break out of a pattern that you have been in for many years. And it was important for me before I get to 65, before I get to 70 or whatever, to find my balance, to find my sexy, to find my beauty. And it, if it hurts people, if it hurts their feelings, if it makes people cringe, so be it. But I have to find the balance as a woman. And I appreciate these little, these babies, these women like Aisha Curry and Chloe, who are trying to find that balance. Even if they make some mistakes in it, they're trying to find it early. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Because that, when you find that balance early, when you find that your sense of womanhood and sense of sensuality and sexuality and, and power within yourself very early, it guides you in a way that you you stay focused in the way you should stay focused on what you should stay focused. It guides you in the right direction as far as purpose is concerned, and it keeps you from making Mistakes that you would hate later on It's all about balancing Women, we balance ourselves in a lot of ways That men don't sometimes understand And so I think it's a beautiful thing I think it's beautiful that And I don't think it's disrespectful at all It's very classy, it's very tasteful uh, You know And I think the more that He is uh, embracing That part of her And appreciating her Because what I what I see when Steph picks out a picture from her, I see he's appreciating. He's not afraid. He's like, hey, she's sexy. I'm not afraid. I want people to see what I fell in love with, right? But he's not scared of an of another man come. You know what I'm saying? There's, you know, I get it. Cause he can't be scared of that too. Cause if another man gonna come, he gonna come, regardless of whether you know, <laughs> you know. So yeah, but very, I get it. <clears throat> very powerful. I liked it. It wasn't very. It wasn't distasteful. 
and and maybe I, I mean maybe y'all change my mind on that, but right now I don't see the problem of it. Okay. Uh, when we come back, we got to talk about NFL lineman Chad Wheeler since nobody else is talking about him. What happened to Chad Wheeler? You know, Chad Wheeler is the dude that uh, was beat, who, who choked out his black girlfriend, a white guy. And then when she came to, he says, I, allegedly he said, uh, I thought, you, you're not dead yet. Wow, you're alive. We're going to talk about that. And uh, what else are we going to talk about when I come back? Um, let me see here. You guys have got a little list up here. Um, did we talk about uh, We talked about Steph Curry, Aisha uh, I talked about Rachel What else y'all Okay we're going to talk about Chad Wheeler We're going to talk about the NAACP suing Trump the NAACP, I have a headache. Little Oopsie Vert, well, this one too, explains what pushed him to implant the pink diamond in his forehead. And we're going to talk about, you know, uh, definitely talk about Nick Cannon and Bill Gates. Okay. But meanwhile, I need to give y'all a break from all the, the stress of it all. <laughs> okay, so since it's late night, let's hear what we're going to hear. Uh, we heard Doug discuss this uh, groove. Uh, let's listen to Love After War, Robin Thicke. I really love this one, okay? Talk, uh, be back in a moment with you guys.
We're gonna put down our weapons, baby. Love it. Lay it to us down on the floor, love. love and give me some love after all.
right, that's Sherelle and Alexander O'Neill. Never knew love like this. I love that one, you guys. I love that. A little bit old school for you. It's a late night. It is late night hot talk. I'm Carlotta Chatwood, and I am up talking talk for y'all. Part two, baby. Uh, listen, you guys, I got a funny story, okay? So, like, I'm laughing, right? And I wanted to share it with y'all. And I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to share it on my page. But my daddy, <laughs> my daddy is a player from the Himalaya. Like, you know, <laughs> and so I was, like, up this morning. So I get up this morning, and my dad has this video, you know, of him grooving at the he. My daddy, like everybody else is like, it's cold outside. This is how cool my daddy is. Everybody, all y'all like, it's cold outside. I'm seeing it how my daddy is like in the club. Groove it to me. Oh, my daddy is hilarious. <laughs> I was like, what is he doing? What is he doing? <laughs> He's like got on his his suit, his, his, his suit, and he's at his elk club, and he's just kicking it. It's like, what? it's like it's like man, it's cold. I, it's like him and my grandpa. I don't know what I'm gonna do with these men. <laughs> but my dad feels like it's party time. <laughs> Crazy. But my daddy's so cool doing that shit. My daddy is cool as fuck. I'll be like, damn. Like literally, that's that, that's my dad. He is crazy. I mean, he's crazy cool. I mean, it's it's nutty, right? It's really, <laughs> it's funny though. I had to laugh. He's at the club, like at the club. Yeah, he has a video uh, of him and Chris Brown. Chris Brown, <laughs> of all people, was playing in the background, and he's just vibing his head. <laughs> a mess, y'all. Full on mess. <laughs> Oh my gosh, shout out to my daddy. Oh my goodness, y'all. Boy, I'll tell you. Anyway, let's get into this news, more of it. Okay, NAACP, I don't know what the NAACP is doing anymore. I mean, I mean, do you got time to sue Trump for what? Like, why are y'all suing Trump? Why are y'all wasting coins? that that can be going towards uh, black liberation projects, like black projects as far as reparations. Not H.R. 40, because H.R. 40 ain't shit. H.R. 40 is bullshit. And plus, we need to specify H.R. 40 towards descendants of American slaves. No offense. I understand that people from the Caribbean and other places were descendants of slaves, but you need to take that up with the country where your ancestors were from. This here we need to deal with, and nobody else should be included in this reparation bill. Now, I am for, though, I am for other people going back to their countries, prospective country, or are you fighting in their prospective country? They ain't got to go back, but fighting in their prospective country for their, uh, for money from the French, money from these other uh, countries that participated, yes, but you do not have a right. You do not have a, a, a thing towards a uh, black American um, uh, situation that happened in America. No, no, and no. How would it look if I went over there to, uh, went over and tried to get money, reparations from, from what, uh, from people in the Caribbean, 
I mean, it's just crazy. I don't understand why people think they're entitled to it over here. And here, who brought the HR 40 bill? Uh, Cheryl, I think Cheryl, Cheryl, what's her name? Shirley. She's Jamaican descent. It's like, what are you doing? I mean, that this, this I mean, this bill needs to have more. She, she needs to uh, probably let that bill go to a, an African American, and they need to rewrite the whole thing. Crazy, but anyway, this is the kind of work NAACP should be doing, but they're not. Says the lawsuit claims that the former president and his personal lawyer violated the Ku Klux Klan Act. Oh, here we go. Conspiring with white supremacist groups to incite the insurrection. You cannot prove that. And it is a waste of money in AACP. On the heels of the Senate's acquittal, and what I don't know what white liberal puts you up to it, but it's ridiculous. On the heels of the Senate's acquittal of Donald Trump, the NAACP, Mississippi, Brett, Bernie, Thompson, and civil rights law firm Cohen, Milstein, Sellers, and Toll filed a lawsuit against the former president, Rudy Giuliani, and two white supremacist groups, citing their role in the January 6th insurrection. The lawsuit filed Tuesday morning in federal district court for the District of Columbia alleges that Trump, Giuliani, in collaboration with the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers conspired to incite the riot to keep Congress from certifying the results of the 2020 presidential election. It claims they did so in violation of the Ku Klux Klan Act, a Reconstruction Era statute designed to protect both formerly enslaved African-American lawmakers in Congress from white supremacist violence. How does this have anything to do with Trump and this? This is a frivolous lawsuit in the ACP. And furthermore, I'll say this. You're not going to be able to prove that Trump conspire with anybody and the white liberals that put you up to this you it's foolish and it is why we're failing our community we're failing to do the real work we let these a lot of white white liberals and a lot of white uh, a lot of people have given money to the NAACP and they control the narrative and the NAACP just ends up going in circles for years and years and never really doing the real work of black liberation, black American, native black American liberation, which for which it was founded for. And so for it to be doing this work that it's doing now, doing childish, stupid stuff, wasting money, getting in the middle of messy fights of between white supremacist liberals and white supremacist conservatives is stupid. And it's a waste of time. We got larger fish to fry in the black community, and this ain't one of them. The lawsuit recounts, Trump, recounts Trump's actions leading up to January 6th riot, building a case against him in similar fashion to the House impeachment members. It cites Trump's remarks during Save America rally has evidence that he mobilized and directed insurrectionists to storm the Capitol. That's pre-reaching. After... Um, his supporters entered into the halls of Congress, the lawsuit alleges. Giuliani called lawmakers individually, asking them to slow down the Electoral College vote count. Okay, the party's decision to file litigation after the impeachment trials in large part response to the Senate's acquittal of the former president on February 13th. So far, no other civil rights groups. Always using black people. But never one to help black people. Now, they, I'm sure that the NAACP 
heard the civil rights, uh, uh, heard what, how, how, how Joe Biden spoke to them on the phone, but they don't care. Here's what I've, uh, I've come to understand about a lot of the leadership in the black community, not all of them, but a lot of them. They're only interested in their own jobs, getting their own people up at MSNBC, CNN, all these liberal things, getting the money for their own organizations, but yet the communities always left hurt, and the communities always following these morons who are absolutely clueless. And we find that we'll wake up 50 years from now in a worse position as we have now. Says no other civil rights group have pursued litigation against Trump for his role in the riot. Filing suit now, Thompson and NAACP who argue will help prevent a second insurrection. Are we serious? The NAACP has completely lost it. And you know what? For for for, I got I got you know I came out of the NAACP years ago. But listen, I I would not. If I'm a member of the NAACP, people who are members of the NAACP, you should not let them waste your money like this. You should be like, I'll pull my local support. People should start going off on them because this is not helping us as a community. This does not help us. And the Latinos ain't going after him because the Latinos helped vote him in, helped vote Trump for Trump. They voted for him at 30 to 40%. Hey, man, you're the ones that they don't realize it, and it's not getting no. No love from the Biden administration, none. Yet you let some liberal convince you to take up this lawsuit that wastes plenty of money and time. We got much bigger things on the table that black America needs to deal with than fucking Trump said. So we talk about Bill Gates. Oh, the Scorpio. I've often said he's what we can become when we're really dark. The Scorpio, you know. I love being a Scorpio. I really do. I mean, can I just talk about it for a minute? Y'all know I talk about astrology a lot on this show. Because astrology has really been a godsend for me, you know, for me personally. It's helped me really discover myself in so many ways. I really wish I had it. You know, when I was a little girl, I'll tell y'all this story. As a little girl, I was I loved astrology. I used to go uh, and I would go buy the scroll, the little uh, seventy five cent scroll scrolls and stuff with your horoscope on it, you know, from the store. Uh, my mother, the first time I discovered astrology, my mother's kind of a weirdo too. <laughs> But my mother, I went to my mom's house for mom's house for a visit, and my mom had the book Love Signs, right? And so every weekend when I was something, or when I get to go to my mom's a visit, I would pull out her Love Signs book, and I would always fold down the page that I finished off on. I was like eight or nine then. <laughs> so you know, I, astrology was hitting me very young. I always loved it, even though I know a church what the church is about, and I, and I struggle with it. I do understand that, but uh, I have discovered so much about my Scorpion nature, and you know, it can be used for a completely good. <laughs> Bill Gates reminds me of that. <laughs> 
He's a Scorpio, too. Equipmentnewsky.com. The billionaire philanthropist made the demand while advertising his new book on how to avoid climate disaster. He says rich countries should only eat synthetic beef. Why you should be worried about this as an American? I have steak tonight, as a matter of fact. I cooked a really good steak. No, I can a really good steak. I know I've had my vegan friend on here, but I can't. I already said I, I, I probably never go vegan, but I do like uh, even cooking vegan meals from time to time. <laughs> but I like to get that steak. Right? It was really good, too. I can the shit out of that. Your girl cooks one of those. You know, I grew up in a household with my grandma. My grandma was a trip, okay? My grandma hated cooking. Sidebar. My granny used to hate cooking. So what my grandma would do, and it's just so funny because my uncle and my mom had the same stuff. My grandma, when you come home, like, from school or something, like, I'd be like, I was like five or six. So I'd be like, I want a snack. She'd be like, you better go in there and cook you some pork and beans and hot dogs or cook you a little snack. I'd be like, I'm six. Like, I'm, I just got the first grade. I mean, the first grade. My grandma would go in there. We open. She showed me how to use that can opener. She'd be like, "Poor." <laughs> so we had to cut up to my dog. <laughs> I was cooking at six because <laughs> my granny didn't play that. <laughs> I was cleaning chitlins by the time I was six. <laughs> oh my god, I missed it. Let me tell you something. I miss what I do miss about black people. The sixties. I mean, the seventies and eighties era. Even though it was a hard time for black people, oh, my God. Ooh, the energy. It was such a beautiful energy at that time. I mean, you know what I'm saying. But I got too bougie now, but boy, such a good time. But anyway, back to Bill. Bill Gates has urged rich nations to move to 100% synthetic beef. Now, why you should be concerned about this is because Bill is buying up all the farmland in America. Oh, yes, he is. In order to address the greenhouse emissions driving global climate change. In his new book, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster, the millionaire philanthropist stresses that while it remains possible for humanity to avoid the disaster through technology achievement, you know, this is also the guy who wants to spray rays at the sun. He wants to darken the sun. He wants to kind of cover it. Y'all going to be fucked. Y'all better quit messing with God out here. Um, but we met Mother Nature and God was going to kick ass in a minute. I, You know, because people like this. They, it is because they think they're so smart. And they think they can outsmart the div- divine creator. And here's, I'm just going to be the truth. You know what? And I know a lot of people say, you know, and, and I, I've been – I've had taken several geography courses because I just because I've been interested in geography. But every last one of the geography people, so you can't stop climate change. Climate change has happened since the beginning of time. The Earth has went through a number of changes, uh, but you can slow it down, and that's the only thing that you can hope for. But people like Bill Gates and their extreme ideas in some ways, and they mean to do it in the name of goodness, but they will probably kill us all, you know, if they keep doing crazy things. Um, I'm a person that also believes spiritually. You know, 
sometimes, you know, the Bible says in the last days that this would be the sign of the time. See, people laugh at the Bible when the Bible says that it would be snowing in the summertime. The Bible already predicted this, that there would be earthquakes in diverse places. Pick up your Bible. It already predicted all of this stuff happening that's happening now. Weather would be strange, strange sightings in the sky. Oh, yeah. Y'all better quit messing with God. I'm just saying, I'm just going to be telling y'all the truth out in the streets, okay? It's, that's, this is, this is, we get, get crazy times right now, and we don't need a fool shooting up rays to the sun, but anyway, it says, um, we already got people trying to open portals around the, the world, so, I mean, I've explained that on the show before, that there is a group now trying to open up portals. I forget where that place is. They're, they're trying to, they've got a can thing that they've been trying to open up different portals. <laughs> you better be careful because you don't know what might come through them portals. It's the, this is a, we, we live in the natural realm, and there is a spiritual realm that dictates to the natural, okay? So it says, speaking to MIT Technology Review Magazine, he said that some governments should be, would be constrained by their wealth. Uh, I don't think the poorest... 80 countries will be eating synthetic beef. I do think all the rich countries should move to 100% synthetic beef. Burping cow, uh, cow, cows breed for beef are a massive contributor to emissions of the potent greenhouse gas methane, which has reached record levels according to research closed last July. The amount of methane and the atmosphere grew massively between 2000 and 2017, leading to what researchers believe to be a global warming increase of up to four degrees Celsius by the end of the century. Scientists warned that this is a dangerous threshold for humanity to cross, leading to an increased risk of natural disasters due to ecological disruption, which would cause mass famine and migration. Listen, this is probably going to happen. You know, here's my thing. And it's not because of all the things they think. You know, politicians have to come up with stuff. You know, but to me, the, the simple issues of humanity are simply solved by humans looking at themselves. You know, um, there is a part in the Bible where it says, and you know, where it says the sons that create all of creation moan. For the sons of God, God, sons and daughters of God to be revealed. That creation is like moaning. I think that's the scripture. Is that the, is that the scripture? We gotta make sure I'm saying that right. All of uh, let me see that because I'm, I'm getting to something right here. Hey, I'm going to do, if this is an NRSV version, a more a new revised standard version. It says, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not of its own will, but, of, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain freedom from the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have first, who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly while we wait for that adaptation and redemption of our bodies. And, there, and that scripture is talking about 
uh, Christians become Christians uh, moving into the realm of, of you know, the God becoming from uh, life to eternal life and stuff like that. But it's also talking about how creation is mourning. It, creation is in, and what we're seeing a little bit is, uh, is creation is looking for the sons of God and daughters to be revealed. So creation begins to act up when humans are out of control. When humanity is is not right within themselves and they're not acting like the children of God, then you see creation start to, the world start to begin to have flavor pains and moans to bring forth, bring forth spiritually God children, to bring forth people to, for people to be, come forth in a godly image, in a godly uh, uh, way. And I believe that we are, we have humanity, the reason why that, the world is suffering is not global warming. It's that humanity is is suffering because man has not man has not uh birthed its godly energy. It's not birthed its godly self. It is waiting for the sun that's just my personal opinion. We are not acting like little Jews. We are acting outside of our creator. We are acting in um in ways that are not worthy of our creator. And the things that we, that God has given us charge of will rebel against us because we're out of control. And when we're out of control, all of the earth and creation, I believe, is out of control. And I believe if you can do all the global warming, you can do all the stuff you want to do, you can do you can do it till the cows come home. But until... Our inner man, our godly man gets right till our spirit man is right. Mm-mm. Creation is in mourning. It has been mourning by what it sees. The earth is in mourning because of what it sees mankind, mankind's spiritual behavior and mankind's spiritual energy. And this guy right here, he thinks he's doing something good, but he's just talking out of his neck. He just he's he sounding crazy talking about it synthetically. He's just crazy. Okay, I'm just gonna tell people that right there. He's very smart in some things, but he needs to go back to IT and tech. Okay, um, and, and it's scary that he keeps he's buying up all the farmland and he has these beliefs that he's running around with. I mean, that is very scary, and we should all be nervous because I believe we got a spiritual problem and not a global warming problem. But for y'all, it looks like global warming. And I think the world will speed up its processes of global warming. Well, I do believe it's a global warming problem because mankind is out of control. And the more mankind gets out of control, the more global warming will speed up. The more disasters you'll see, the more uh, things you'll, you'll get, you'll get ready to see. See, y'all thought that you could just Run through 2020. Oh, I can't wait to do Child, maybe it's going to be better. Oh, Lord, 2020 was the worst. No, you ain't seen, you may ain't seen nothing yet. So very important. In these times of having a spiritual eye open, even with politicians. I mean, you know, I, at this point, I said, it's not, it's just, you know, I'm not just a matter of being poli- political. But I try to keep my spiritual eye open about people. And I, I don't see good things because 
humanity is in such turmoil right now. And humans, and even us black people, you know, I was thinking today, I was like, you know, I think of how much black America is so much like the children of Israel. I mean, you know, and I was like, God, how do we balance? You know, I believe black people should have reparations. I do. And I think it's what's owed to us. You know what I'm saying? I think Native Black Americans, we just, we should fight for reparations, and perhaps we will inspire our brothers and sisters from around the globe to get their own represent, reparations from their prospective nations who enslaved them. Um, but what I've seen us do as Native Black people, we have become so comfortable. I mean, you know, we've been through some trauma. You know, the 60s was very traumatic for black people, and black America just fell asleep. You know, um, we have to come to terms that we may, what if we don't get reparations? I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that we don't fight for them, because I definitely believe we do, and to keep up the fight. Let's keep up the fight. But at the same time, we need to, spiritually change our mind out of slave mentality. We have got to come out of this mentality because we got, we got nuts out here, especially on the liberal side because we think the liberals was our friends. We think that nuts like Bill Gates and stuff like that. We got to come out of We got to come out of our slave thinking and we got to start thinking like free men and free women. And we got to quit asking people who to, 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 to help us when we've been gifted. Let me just say something. I mean, you know, I think back about growing up in Native Black America, just Native, I'm not talking for Native Black people in America, how beautiful of a people we are and how much we come through. There's this uh, thing on PBS they show all the time every year, Black History Month, uh, the African-Americans, many roads across, my goodness. I mean, we so beautiful. I mean, I'm not talking about this, you know, every group of black people is beautiful, but it's not that we're better than anybody, but what we've been able to do under such harsh conditions, think of the generations that have come through, like the fact that we still here, like we are so powerful, like what, to be honest, we can spiritually take our reparations, to be honest. We just ain't got that deep yet. I mean, we would, we, we, I mean, do you understand that spirituality got us through like slavery? And that because of that spirituality, we were able to create uh, music that would go all over the world that people call soul music, gospel music. That was created in America from slaves. Negro spirituals. So, oh my God! Look out of our pain. I think that we just got to recognize the giftings within ourselves, and I don't think nobody can stop Black people. I really don't. I really, especially Black America. I just really think I think that we have failed to appreciate the very beautiful gifts that God gave this group. We looked at everybody else. I mean, we've been. I mean, we. 
we we've been looking at the Africans, we've been looking at every other group, but we fail to see the great beauty in ourselves. And we are so beautiful. I mean, we are we are envied around the world with our gifts and our talents. I mean, we are envied, not only envied, but we are, people look up to us. I mean, you got Africans in other countries, different people who look up, who want to have the African-American experience. You know what I'm saying? Like, they wish, you know what I'm saying? I mean, our other groups of people around the world, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So I just say that we have to be understand that beauty in us and when I see nuts like this, and when I see us, we don't need to. We really don't have to partner with no no parts of white supremacy. We can we we can create a power base on our own, and maybe we have to really start beginning to see that in ourselves. You know, again, but that's something I'm kind of thinking about. You know, <laughs> I've been thinking about it a little bit lately because I'm like, you know, what's our end game? I don't know. Just been kind of thinking about that. What's black people's end game? How do we do this? How do we, what's the, what do we leave for the next generation? Do we, how do we come up out of this mindset in case the government does not help? How do we achieve without it? Maybe it's time we start looking for them because governments, one thing they ain't going to do is help. <laughs> okay. So very interesting. But um let's talk about Chad Wheeler. Um uh, this week uh his girlfriend has been the the ex girlfriend this is called Dailymail dot com. It says the ex girlfriend of the NFL uh, lineman Chad Wheeler. Um let's see here. Chad Wheeler uh has said he stood over her sipping a smoothie and said, Wow, you're alive after choking her unconscious, okay? Uh, Aliyah Taylor told CBS the football player then carried on eating his dinner and told his dad over the phone that nothing was going on while she hid in the bathroom covered in blood in their uh, in their Kent, Washington home on January 22nd. Wheeler has pleaded guilty to the first-degree domestic violence assault and has since been c- cut by the Seattle Seahawks. That's good. Police and Wheeler is six uh, said Wheeler is six foot seven. And weighs 310 pounds. His ex-girlfriend is 5'9 and weighs 145 pounds. Uh, Taylor said he touched my face and I looked down and there was blood on my hand. And I remember getting up and running to the bathroom. Tad was standing on the be- uh, by the bed by the doorway. He was sipping the smoothie and was like, "Wow, you're still alive! Wow. You know, we haven't heard much about this story." They said police reports from the NFL offensive linemen. Let me see this. We haven't heard much about it. Wait, what is it? We haven't heard a lot about this story. Uh, they haven't really been talking about it much. But she was on CBS this morning, and she spoke about her situation. This is really sad. Uh, they said, you know, um, police reports, they said, um, let me try to figure this out. So police reports. Uh, from the NFL offensive lineman domestic violence arrest reveal a chaotic scene where street officers struggled to subdue the athlete, okay? According to witnesses, the former University of Southern California star allegedly went off his bipolar medicine, okay? 
Arriving officers heard a woman scream and forced their way into the apartment and broke down the door to a locked bathroom. Police found Willard with the woman who was crying with her face covered in blood and her arm uh, hanging uh, limply at her side, court said. Uh, you know, listen, I'm not sure why this ain't been number one news, but this is horrible what happened to that young lady. And I just wanted to read it, again, read it to remind y'all uh and the Me Too movements and all these other out here. I mean, this this is is uh, terrible what he did to this young lady. And you know, she I think she on CBS this morning. She was saying that she uh, she wants him to um, to pay for to pay for his crime. You know, to go to jail. So that's good. She's not somebody out here that's gonna get back with him. It don't sound like. I mean, you know. So that, I just wanted to give y'all the update that was going on with that. Okay. Because uh, she was on CBS this morning. You can probably check it out on DailyMail.com. I think they have some little excerpts. I didn't have it up tonight to play for y'all. But a little excerpt from the Daily Mail about the situation. I mean, with her talking about um, what happened with him, okay? Um, Now, let's talk about a little uh, Utsi Vert. Oh, God. He explains what pushing the implant a pink diamond into his forehead. Hyperbeast.com. Okay. So I got the audio for this. Please, I do got the audio. Oh, Jesus. I mean, you need to play the audio for y'all. Let's see. Let me get it up. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see if I can get it up for y'all. So y'all can see him talk about this $24 million diamond. Okay, let's see. Being on time is key. You know, I had a beat. I had a meeting with somebody. I had a meeting with L.A. Reed yesterday, and I came in, but this feel like purple rain all over again. Lord Prince. And I didn't even know how to take it. I didn't know how to take it. Like, it's not like I was like, bro, I'm not no junk. I'm not no dick sucker, okay? I don't know. I do whatever I want. I'm unapologetic. I don't give a fuck. I make a mistake and say some shit that'll fuck my whole life up. Like, at least I said it. You feel me? So it's just like, I didn't get it. And I got it because I love Prince. But I didn't get it. It's just like, oh, okay. But then I got it, though. I just got it just through everything. It's so unapologetic. I don't, like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You gonna, you're going to rock with me or you're not. And I'm pretty sure they're going to rock Okay, I'm trying to find it for you. Did, 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 did Jay Z see the name Lil Prince? Look up to so much. He's like, no, I ain't really feeling them young niggas. I don't, I'm, I'm not really right. And I was like, oh my God, he's an old hater. He's a hater. And from that, you know, I got my bag on right now. I don't give a That's good to me. So it's just like, it's just like, um, uh, Okay, listen, I can't find the part where he starts to talk. I'm trying to find it for y'all. I was trying to find the part. It's late night. Y'all know how I be doing on here. I was trying to find the part where he talks about it, but I don't have it up. So I'm going to just read it. But he says, uh, let's see here. Uh, What did he say? UT explains that when he first came across, and this is according to HyperBeast.com, when he first came across the massive shimmering stone sourced by Elite. Elite and company, he initially planned to set it in a ring. 
But with the staggering price tag, UC then decided to secure it into his forehead out of fear of misplacing a ring. I'm little easy. I'm turned up. So $24 million uh, USD on a ring is the stupidest idea because I'm going to look down and that ring ain't going to be there. I know me. I wake up in odd places in different sceneries. Mm. No stranger to the microdermal piercing, the pink diamond is anchored underneath his skin. Jesus. I know. I need to pause before before I read any more, Jesus. Unlike traditional Pearson, Usi also noted that he initially had other places in mind before settling on his forehead, despite being advised against the decision. Don't think it was just a, a come on, let's go get his money, he said. No, bro, they argue me down. It's almost insane to the average person or to any person. Finishing up the chat, Fat Joe and Little Easy discussed the infamous 27 Club and the name of a group of musicians that died at age 27 before Yeezy said that he had to get to work teasing that he is working on new music. First off, I'm just trying to figure out does Little UC got $24 million? Like, I'm... I'm you know, do he got twenty four million dollars? That's how. That's like, how did who gave him the 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 lending the money on that thing? And then, say for instance, he can't afford to pay for it. Do he? They gotta go back in and they pull it out. And you know, why wouldn't somebody in their right mind, somebody, some rob around here, just kidnap his ass and operate on them and take that shit out? You know, people can do that shit. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just foolish. Like you didn't want to put it in your head. Because you like you wake up in different sceneries and different places, so you, you're responsible. So why buy it out? Planting it in your head ain't gonna take care. It's not like if you wake up in different places and different sceneries, and it sounds like you kind of waking up with some crazy stuff. Don't mean that somebody in the middle of the night, because I don't heard people stealing kidneys and shit. So I know somebody would cut a motherfucking twenty-four million dollar diamond out your head. I mean, this is just what the world has come to. Come to. Like, this little oopsie vert running around here. You know, it makes me mad, too, because it's just like, it's not people can't do with their money what they want to do. I, first of all, I don't think he got $24 million. He must have put up, like, 20 recruitment checks to get, the, you know, to get that dominance here. Because is y'all paying them like that? Is y'all giving them, is it, are they making that much money out there with this, this crazy rap they doing? I mean, I mean, I'm not quite understand. It just makes me mad. People can do what they money, what they want to. But, I mean, I just think of people right now and what the world is going through. And this, and this dumbass, because I'm going to call him what he is. He got a devil talking to him. He let the devil go and tell him to put a $24 million Dollars in his head. I'm just at this point. See, I'm I'm feeling. 
I feel like, you know, I'm just like, I always say I'm low, I'm low-key Thanos kind of, because I'd be like, at this point, I'd be like, hand me, the, like I said before on the last show, hand me all the stones. Like, remember when he went to go get the last stone? I would get the last stone out of use Oops' head, put it in my, put it in my thing, and just let y'all all go, because I can't, I, I can't do it. I mean, people running around here putting, we have, see, no wonder the earth is acting up. No wonder the animals is out here running. I saw a thing the other day on Dr. Oz where the squirrels was attacking people. I was like, oh, Jesus, the squirrels is out here attacking. The squirrels, squirrels are attacking people. Y'all done got the squirrels. Next we're going to be in the birds. The birds are going to be attacking because the little Uzi's putting diamonds in his head. The, 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 the nature realizes y'all are going to. Y'all done spaz the fuck out. Nature is clear. Nature understands. Nature's like, these humans are, these humans are crazy as fuck. The birds are looking, they crazy as fuck. What are we going to do? They're going to, you know, they're going to, they, they, they out here nutty. They, I saw, they, I know the birds and the, everybody, they talking, they just like, did you see that fool put that thing in his head? Beard ram, I know they just all like, I mean, it's just a lot. It's a lot. But how do y'all expect the world to react? How do you not expect the trees and and the earth to start shaking? And how do you not? I mean, people running around here putting $24 million diamonds in their head. It's enough when I heard somebody put a million dollars in their teeth. Put your head. million is in his head. How much does he have to pay for security? It's like, if he ain't got no security, somebody's going to knock him in his head. If I was a thief, I'd not. I'd be planning on, I'd be plotting on him if I was a thief. If I was a thief, I'd be like, I'm going to get that diamond out of his head. (laughs) I mean, any good thief in the world would see that as a challenge. Like, you got to have hella security. So I, I know he's paying lots of money, too much money for security because he decided to put a $24 fucking million dollar diamond in his head. What an idiot. I can't. I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. I, mean, I, can't. I need to go on a break after that. It's clear. <laughs> I can't get over it. I can't. I can't understand what's happening in society. I'm, 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 at, I'm at the crossroads. I don't know what's going on with y'all. So he come back. Go get Nick Cannon. Get tired of getting into Nick Cannon. And what else do we need to get into? Uh, I think the Bachelor guy. I want to talk about the Bachelor host this week, okay? And why I think it's much ado about nothing with the Bachelor. And if we have time, let's play a lucky. Going back to her, you know. She wants she want the old thing back. She decided not to 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 divorce. And then if we get a little bit more time, Meg the Stallion. She sure knows how to pick them, doesn't she? One allegedly shot her in the foot and the one was allegedly beating down her door the other day. I mean that coochie cat is causing a ruckus making. <sighs> The shit I do, Courtney. Like, oh my God, you guys, the 
let's take a break. I'll be back in a moment, okay? Meanwhile, here is uh, let me go see. Running out of running out after seven. I'll be back in a moment, okay?
That's after seven. Running out of time. And you know what? It's, I, uh, I just found out the Warriors won. I'm so excited. They beat Miami tonight. And Steph was balling, they said. So I balled. When I turned off the game, you know, it wasn't the news. And then, you know, I mean, Steph Curry deserves MVP. I know that's my favorite player. Steph deserves MVP this year. I hope he gets it. I know LeBron is, you know, everybody's screaming LeBron for LeBron too, but Steph's been balling. Steph's been doing the thing, okay? So I'm hoping it's an upset this year with Steph Curry. I mean, he just he just went crazy tonight. Okay, he went crazy and balled out. Okay, so shout out to that. I'm excited for that. Okay, all right. So getting back into uh, the news. Oh, first of all, I want to say this. This yesterday we lost somebody. You know, listen. I when I was a young girl. I used to love going to Carmen concerts. Let me tell you something. Christian concerts, Carmen was a Christian singer. I had a big crush on Carmen. I thought Carmen was so cute. And I just used to love going because it would always be such a, if you were growing up in church and stuff, Carmen concerts were so hip at that time. And Carmen would just be, you know, it would be so filled with the spirit of God and with so many young people your age at a Carmen concert. Carmen would pack out arenas. Well, yesterday Carmen went home to be with the Lord. But listen, Corman left a legacy, man. I mean, you know, a huge legacy. Even when I went to got to go to Oral Roberts University, and you know, and and Corman would be uh, it, it down into uh, down in a uh, tough and do shows and stuff like that at the Maybe Center. And I went. I mean, and Corman was so back then. Looking back on it now, you know, it's so kind of it, it, it looks funny back now. It was like '80s kind of '90s corny, but I mean. You don't know, to go into a Corman concert and to hear him literally bring the word to God, the word of God to life in his music and the way he did it, like the way he would explain it, oh, my God, it would just be such fire in those arenas. And so many young people at the time, I mean, it was such a beautiful time, and Corman really ministered to us as young people. So uh, prayers his family. Carmen was 65 years old. That's sad. But one of my favorite, favorite Christian artists was Carmen. I love Carmen. And um, some of my favorite songs was God in America. We need God in America again. I used to love that. And I love JC's in the house. I used to, and I love Sundays on the way. I mean, he would perform Sundays on the way. The crowd would be going crazy. I mean, Carmen would pack out rock star arena. I mean, he literally has crowds of 50,000, 60,000 people, young, old, all kinds of people just having a great time to uh, to Christian music. And so, you know, I, I will never forget Carmen. One of my favorite interviews, too, with Carmen was when Carmen interviewed Denise Matthews. <laughs> On TV and Trendy Broadcast Network, and Denise Matthews used to be Vanity, uh, was a Vanity Prince's old, Prince's, uh, old project. And Denise Matthews was like, she had been preaching for a while. And Carmen, it was in the city, he kept playing with She said, I know you're not playing with me. It was so funny. But she was, she was, it was such a great interview between the, both of them. But it was, I remember that interview sticking out so much because Carmen used to do sometimes interviews on TV. And so, um, that's in peace to Carmen, man. I that's uh, um, that was sad. That kind of hit me this week too, because Carmen would uh, talking 
you know, being tough to add. I heard even one of the, uh, I heard Bishop, was it Bishop Jakes? Who was it that said something the other day uh, about uh, Brian Keith Williams? Brian Keith Williams, who, let me tell you something. Say this about this, this. One of my favorite, favorite ministers of all time. I mean, you know, I used to love when he would come, when he would, listen, a very powerful prophetic voice is Brian Keith Williams. Brian Keith Williams still be online and everything. I follow him on Facebook, but Brian Keith, man, we used to come. We go to go to you know Brian Keith uh, uh, when he be preaching at the Mason for Azusa or something. I mean, Brian Keith would turn it out. Brian Keith was just he. I mean, he was just a just powerful preacher. He still is. And Brian Keith was telling the story about Corman. Like he went, he came to preach at Azusa, and Azusa would happen. Azusa happened, used to happen. For those of you who don't know, Azusa in the nineties was very popular. Carlton Pearson used to uh, have this conference every year, a big time Christian conference called Azusa. It was like Woman Now Loose. Woman Now Loose Mama is Azusa. Okay, <laughs> Azusa would. I mean, it would people, all kind of people would come to the ORU campus and to see different preachers and groups and choirs and stuff. And I mean, some of the best music ever. I mean, gospel music ever. But uh, he was talking about how he Corman came one night to hear him preach and just sat way in the back and maybe sitting there because he didn't want anybody to see him and he just wanted to come for the word of God. I mean, that I thought that story. I was like, wow, that is powerful. And I never got to meet Corman. But I would hear so many stories about him on the campus of ORU from people who met him. I don't think I ever met Corman. I'm trying to go back to my head. I don't think I ever did. But people who met him, they always had great stories and stuff like that. So very sad. Rest in peace. Hey, you know, he lived his life, and he did and he did a, a, a lot of work uh, for God while he was here. Also, Rush Limbaugh passed away, okay? Rush Limbaugh, who was uh, the conservative radio talk show host. Listen, I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh when he would come on ABC at night. I hated Rush Limbaugh, to be honest, uh, when I was a kid. I mean, I learned to – I don't hate anybody, but I did for a little while because, you know, but I had to learn to listen to him because I always feel like you need to listen to other people's perspectives. And Rush Limbaugh kind of turned me on to a little bit, a few things. Even though he was, I felt like Rush Limbaugh could be uh, very racist at times. But Rush Limbaugh sometimes made sense on some issues. I just disagree with him. I thought he he didn't have a lot of empathy towards race and stuff like that. But he was a trailblazer in the area of talk radio. Okay, and it's always said, I you know, I don't, death, death has a finality to it. And it takes you into another transport. And I don't ever wish, even if I don't like them that much, I'll never know, you know, I don't wish nobody that, you know what I'm saying, before they time or under their time or whatever, even no matter what they said, well, you know, some, I can't say I don't wish nobody. But <laughs> I just say this, uh, even though I disagree profusely with a lot of, some of some of his politics, not all of them, because some things Rush Limbaugh would say make sense. I mean, I remember one time Rush Limbaugh did something one night I was watching, he had his TV show, and he was talking about Hollywood, and he was on point. He was talking about, you know, it's one of the most racist places in the world. I said, he's absolutely right, even though he was talking about he could be racist. And so, uh, you know, he actually, you know, uh, it makes sense at times, but sometimes, you know what I'm saying, um, He, I felt he was, he lacked empathy towards the black American experience. And, uh, but still, you know, 
prayers for him and his family, you know, and uh, in peace. You know, that's what I mean, regardless of whether I disagree with his politics or not, I, you know, but uh, he was a trailblazer in that area. Um, what were we going to talk about? We are going to talk about, we are going to talk about, let me see what time we looking at here. Okay, let's go with Nick first. Nick Cannon. I don't know if I call him Dusty Nick because there's nothing. Nick is just turning into a Dusty, but right before my eyes, it's Dusty Nick. Nick Cannon keeping all three of his girlfriends happy for Valentine's Day. This is according to WDCI iHeart.com. It says, according to the streets, Nick Cannon has two women pregnant and is dating a third woman. He sent all three women balloons for Valentine's Day, and it seems that all the women are happy in separate relationships with Nick. <sighs> you see two women showing balloons, some of the same. Baby daddy did his thing. You see him kissing one girl. Oh, Jesus, that's the Venetia girl who put her boob on her breast or whatever. Listen here. And he's already just saying Nick can't. They're saying Nick has got somebody. Nick. Nick has gotten somebody uh, up pregnant. I mean, he's already got two girls pregnant. Futurist. You know what I think? And I'm just throwing it out here because I really don't know. Just throwing it out here. But when Ann Slutter exhibits, this is true about Nick Cannon. She's having baby mamas all over the place and stuff like that. The man starts to exhibit uh, this kind of, and it says they're saying he doesn't believe in the monogamy anymore. It says rumor has it Nick Cannon's, this is another thing. It says, um, you cannot say who is listen. You cannot believe in monogamy. Okay, you cannot believe in monogamy. You can believe that you got the money to take care of all your children that you have. You can have thirty million, forty. Actually, it's stupid to keep because when them girls, when you make one of them mad, you make one of them mad, they can start asking for forty and fifty thousand dollars a month child support, and suddenly ain't gonna be so cute. be a baby dad. But you can be not monogamous and not believe in monogamy anymore. But to create broken family homes and then talk your shit about black empowerment is a lot of good. Part of the reason black people struggle today is the broken black family. So for Nick Cannon to be running around back here, like he was doing not too long ago, talking about black empowerment, but to be creating broken black homes everywhere, okay, how much money he got, is dusty has fucked. And really what it says to me is that Nick lost his focus. I mean, he's just, the acting ain't popping off like it was back in the day. And now he's just become a dusty host of Wild and Out. He's too. He's kind of gotten. He just got the show back Wild and Out, but 
you know, he's older now. He should be in other acting. He should have been having other acting gigs and stuff. But somewhere along the way, Nick has gotten Nick confused, and he's become a man without purpose. He should be able to actually leave Wild Now now and be able to get and be able to uh, uh, put other people on. Other, there's so many comedians to be able to pass out the thing that uh, Wild Now to other comedians and him come on every now and then. But Nick should be doing movies and other things. But Nick is too busy fucking. There's nothing wrong with sex. It's nothing wrong with it at all. It's nothing wrong with sex. It's just when you, I mean, it's when you begin to have a bunch of babies everywhere. And you don't think about the children and how it affects kids. When your daddy was a rolling stone. Shit, I know. Papa was a stone. My daddy, my daddy was a rolling stone. My daddy. I love my daddy. My daddy was a rolling stone. Okay, listen, it it is what it is. The fuckery is ridiculous. And I don't care, you men can go around, you can have five, six, seven, nine, ten. I know you you say, well, he can afford it. It isn't about affording it. It's about spending time with the children, being in a home with the children, loving the children, giving them something. I mean, it's not, and and if you keep going around with a bunch of women, I know I know, I know you don't got that kind of time. That's you, Nick. That's what the name is. I wouldn't, I, it said, once he says, it says on here, this article from Distract, uh, com. Once I stepped from, away from monogamy, I realized Construct is not designed for me, Nick explained on ex- expeditiously. I gave it my all because even before that, I was like, I don't believe in marriage. But shit, it was Mariah Carey. Whatever she say, I'm with it. If she wanted to say she was going to be going to the moon, I'm like, let's go. If I'm going to marry somebody, I'm going to marry her, he explained. Now, he doesn't believe in relationships, nor does he plan on ever getting married again. However, he did admit he wanted more kids and, well, more kids he has and at least two more on the way. It was recently announced that Nick is coming back with Wild Now, okay, after making the Rock and Ray statements about Jewish. Listen, okay, listen, for you ladies out here who let a man, you know, I know he's wealthy, but no one, let me just say this, especially you young girls, don't let somebody use your womb. I can understand an older woman. If you're an older woman, let me just say this, and I really don't even like it on an older woman, but I can understand an older woman in her 40s or something, and she ends up having a baby with a man, you know, and she's not married to him because her tech clock is ticking or whatever else, and they come together. I actually like people to be family units, but I can understand that a little bit more. But you young girls who got your whole life ahead of you and got something, this doesn't mean the older woman doesn't have her whole life ahead of her, but it's just that her time is ticking to have children. But for young girls, Why would you give somebody the, your womb and bring a birth, a child into this world where a man is not committed to the family unit? Fuck you if you're not committed to the family unit. Fuck you and your, uh, your lack of monogamy self. Bounce. 
And you know what's going to happen? Because Nick thinks he's a shit right now, but he's going to meet one. And she's going to be like, bam, she ain't going to put up with none of that shit. And she's going to marry Nick and take all, all of you girls, every last one of you girls. You know, he, it's always one. It's one that comes along, the one that holds her standards up. The one that says to him, absolutely not. The one who don't let him screw, the one who, when he's really ready to be a man, the one, or he's really ready to come up, when the one he finds, he's like, when a man is ready to be a man, when he finds that one girl that really, that changes him into a man, he's like, he going to tell all you bitches, bye. He gonna, he, and he going to give that estate to her. And you and your little illegitimate kids, y'all have a little part of it, but if he finds one, he the fact that he said he want he only wanted to marry Mariah Carey he I would have been out I would have said you 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 dusty I would be like no you only want to marry he don't even want to marry you but he want to have babies with you but he don't think you Mariah Carey worthy what kind of bullshit is that and who are the dummies out here letting them do stuff like this it's just it's just you bring a child because a child is affected in a number of ways when they don't have their father in the home. And for you dusty bitches to keep letting letting these men like this have these babies with you and letting him create a, a, a concubine, I mean, I guess. If he can afford the concubine house, I mean, maybe I should all live together and be sister-wise. That way he can visit the kids right on time or something like this. You bitches are going to do poly, po, 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 what is it, polygamy shit, sister-wise shit, then maybe I perhaps y'all should all get a, 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 I'd understand it more. Y'all all got a compound together so Nick is to make it easier for him to see his kids and shit. But you have us don't know what you bring into the world and what, and how that's going to create, how that relationship is going to work. But I, I suspect, here's my suspicion about Nick Cannon, because my suspicion is that he's really a good guy and he's really a lame. My suspicion is that he has not met the one yet. And when he does meet her, and he will, you dusty hoes just be just giving up your wound for free. She ain't going to do that. And she going to have him wrapped around. And maybe he already met the one. Maybe it was Mariah. But Mariah ain't putting up with his shit. Mariah don't want him back no more. But I suspect there might be somebody else out there. And when you meet, it's not like, have you ever seen a man when he meets the, when the one person comes into his life, he don't care. He don't, when he, when he, when he see her, he know, he like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm, I, I will clean up all my shit for her. <laughs> I mean, I know it's going to be a little rusty. I might be a little rusty coming into it, but, you know, I may try to take her through. But uh, the woman who demands, you know, that's what I heard, um, who was this I heard? We're we going to have to probably, I probably will have to have a Saturday show with y'all, but his, I heard, uh, I love Chloe. I love uh, Chloe who talks about hypergamy on her channel. She has a, a hypergamy channel. And she talked about what, about Idris Elba, and Idris Elba's wife. And I don't know if they're going to make it or not. I mean, hopefully they do. But she talked about one, Idris, she talked about how Idris in the magazine said the one thing that he really liked about his, that got his attention about this particular woman. Now, remember, Idris was running around here. Well, Idris had been married once or twice, and he, he didn't, it, it just didn't work or whatever. And he was kind of being out here hoeing around a little bit himself. But when he met this girl, Sabrina, he said the one thing he loved about Sabrina is that Sabrina, uh, he said she would never argue with him. 
she just get up and walk away to show her disdain. Like she 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 never would she would I mean basically she wouldn't give in to his shit. And he liked that. She challenged him, made him come out of his comfort zone, made him probably be who he was supposed to be. And that's what men appreciate. Men appreciate a woman who makes him grow the fuck up, who says no. Even if he don't come back to you, you say no. And then if he don't want to come back and straighten out, that means he ain't for you. But when you challenge a man, men like to be challenged. Men don't if you if you make it easy for them, especially men who got Nikki Cannon who got they pick of the litter. Like the last thing you want to do is make it easy for them. They men appreciate what they have to uh, work for and aspire to. You don't like something that just kind of become too easy. You know, I mean, some women I've met who play to the ego of men, and they've gotten them. They made it very easy for them. They stayed around and stayed around and stayed around because the dude finally got tired of me and shit. All right, I'll take. It. <laughs> I mean, that's happened. I know people who didn't get married like that. But listen, that's it. And they play to their egos. And sometimes, a lot of times, they still seem to have problems. But I'm just saying, when you really want for you, you young ladies out there who are just giving it up to Nick and having a bunch of babies and and and, and not being and not holding your standards, it doesn't. You know, here's the thing: when you set your standards with a with a woman who sets his stand sets the the woman who becomes for Nick something that he can't have easily. I bet he'll fall in love with her. And then he'd be kind of well, I thought I didn't want to be monogamy down here in the streets. I thought, I, I thought monogamy was a thing in the past until I met such and such. I mean, like, you know, hey, I was watching Russell Wilson and Sierra the other day on the GQ, and Russell said, I said, damn, Russell said, look, now I did look at Sierra Strike. Something in Sierra Strike a little disturbed me a little bit. And she's a Scorpio sun with a Pisces moon, and she has a Scorpio south node. I'm like, ooh. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean she can't be loving, but she can be a little tricky. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, listen, I was listening to him, and he was saying they had this little interview, and they were so cute together. And he said, she said, what's the thing, one thing you're afraid of or something? He said, of losing her. Hmm. I said, look at that Scorpio. She done hypnotized his ass. This Sagittarius. And see, Sagittarius, if you know anything about the Katana Sagittarius, they are free birds. They love to run around. <clears throat> you just got like a little bit Sagittarius or something at a high degree. You will run around. You will run the fuck around. You will, you will like not to settle down. So Sag is not, don't like usually to settle. Dude is ass. That Scorpio says, <laughs> See, but she, but he not only is a dude, but he's like, I don't, I don't want to lose you. My fear is, and most men was calling him a simp and stuff like that. And maybe he is a simp. I don't know. But I know one thing. He changed his whole vibe for that chick. He went, and why? Because Sierra understood there was future. She let down. She fucked up. 
she 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 went ahead and she had this baby with this fool and realized that this fool really don't care about nobody. And so this time with Russell, she raised her standard. And she and Russell helped her to raise the standard because Russell liked her. And she walked with she became she became that girl for Russell Wilson. I mean, you gotta hear that GQ interview. I don't know if it's perfect. I ain't saying they're gonna stay together forever. I hope they do. But I'm just saying that she raised her standards. She raised her, her game. And that dude didn't care whether she had a baby or not. He came for her. He really liked her. And he and he embraced her and her child. And now they have two more children. And they look happy. And he said the thing he was afraid of was losing her. Damn. He heard that game. He's a Scorpio. Here, I'll just say this, that. Nick is hurt, and he's afraid to love for some reason. Something happened to him. It's probably childhood trauma. But putting childhood trauma, taking childhood trauma and creating children and bringing them in under other trauma, under your trauma, is never a good thing. The thing is to get what's going on inside of you fixed. And get Because all you do is create generational shit. Like, you know, I deal with shit my mama and daddy deal with. You know, I'll be like, damn, you know what I'm saying? I'm dealing with some generational curses and shit. Because y'all shit, y'all came together, y'all put me under this umbrella. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So sometimes you don't know your seeds have to deal with the, the consequences of, it's nothing, it's, it's a beautiful thing for them to be here, but they have to deal with the consequences that bought them here. And they have to try to break out their own set of curses. So to me, him going around but talking about he don't believe in misogyny, being monogamous, but doing monogamous shit, like creating families, and he not even got, he don't really got no real commitments to the girl. I mean, at least when dudes in Utah, people have seven and eight wives, at least have a fucking commitment, but y'all letting this dude uh, go around and impregnate you without any damn commitment, without no paperwork, without nothing. I mean, he ain't even making you a, a official concubine. I mean, what kind of bullshit is that? These concubines and stuff, they got these laws and bylaws and stuff to this shit. Bylaws, if you just, if you are uh, one of the legal sister wives, you got some legalities that you can work through. This is this is sad. And it's sad for him. I'm sad for him because he really isn't getting fixed what he really needs to get fixed. But I will say that when the right girl comes along and challenges him, the one that challenges him, that he wants so bad that he can't get easily, mm-mm. she ain't going to have that with him. She ain't going to play that shit, and neither sh- and she shouldn't. And that's how that's how Idris Elba got got. Idris Elba, because Sabrina Parr wasn't putting up with no, what's her name, Sabrina Parr? What's her name, Sabrina Parr? Sabrina looks like she don't putting up with no shit from Idris. I mean, you know. Everybody got their shit they deal with, but she looked like she will. She raised the standard on his ass. <laughs> so what I say to you, ladies, raise your standards not only for yourself, but for the men you you deal with. Raise your standards. Keep your standards high. And some men will walk away from you because you have your standards high. Some men will decide, you know what, that shit. I just ain't gonna fight for that shit. I mean, that's too. Her price is too high. And listen. That's good. Let him goodbye. But hold forth your standards. Don't 
Don't let nobody uh, 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 cheapen you to one of their girlfriends, somebody. She's one of three girlfriends. And then you start having babies for them. That's not girlfriend shit. That's wife shit. At least if you're going to impregnate us, I'll make a legal sister wives or something. And you're going to end up going broke. Because one of them, it's always one that don't want the bullshit. It's always, let me tell you something. When you got Miami, when you got a relationship with a bunch of baby mamas, it's always one of them baby mamas who say, who get pimped, like, like Future. Future met his nemesis with that. What's that girl's name? I forget that girl's name. That's the one I said he should marry because she's raising the standard up on his ass. She ain't letting Future get away with shit. That's the one, that one he called ugly and he be mad at her and stuff. But she keep his ass in court. Mm-hmm. He got to pay her child support. She ain't playing no games out here with his ass. She is raising the standard on his ass. Now, she it was her fault she got pregnant. But she ain't playing with future. And let me tell you something, Nick Cannon. There will be one or two who will start playing, who will stop playing games with you. You think you can be puffy out in these streets. Now, you ain't got puffy money. <clears throat> but that puffy even had to find out. What's that girl? Who's that the women after him? Who got him? Who got like fifty what miser like she got was getting like fifty thousand dollars a month or something for Justin? And then I think uh uh the other girl came up, Kim when she was alive, started getting money like forty, fifty thousand. That ain't that's a lot on a brother. Just imagine you got five of them asking for fifty thousand dollars a month. That's dumb shit. And you ain't you ain't marrying nobody. You talking about I'm just young, you try I wanna have babies. And I want to raise a village. And then you got all them. Future, these, some of them heifers must be still under hypnosis because Future has I'm surprised he ain't got that yet. He ain't got them 10 baby mamas out here in these streets coming for all that money. But when they get pissed, women will do it, okay? So Nick Cannon, I wish Nick Cannon the best of luck. But, you know, he looking like a dusty. He looking like a dusty. You cannot be, you can be, go out here and have your fun. But you need to keep the kids out of it because you're not responsible enough. I mean, you know, that's all I say. Just because you got money don't make you responsible. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? What we got? How many minutes left? You don't have to save some of this for the show. Okay. We'll talk about Megan the last few minutes. <coughs> Chris Harrison. Saturday show because I want to explain to y'all what I meant by much ado about nothing with Chris Harrison from The Bachelor. Because I feel like they, they shouldn't kick him off the bachelor because he has an opinion. It might not be one we like, but he has a right to his opinion. And I don't like going after people from pictures five and ten years ago. I mean, but we'll talk about that Saturday, about the whole thing that's going on with the bachelor and the antebellum party that one of the bachelorettes were seen at, the white bachelor. You know, listen, just because you you date black men or you date black women and you're white does not mean you're not a racist. That's how I found that, and we'll we'll have uh, we'll have that discussion on Saturday. But anyway, let's go. Maybe the stallion allegedly gets into it with uh, what is his name? Pardeesian Fontaine. I don't know how to say this person's name on IG Live. Okay, making the stallion is being accused of fans. My fans of sniffing snow after an altercation with her alleged boyfriend is captured on Instagram. Amidst the video session of Meg Thee Stallion audibly engaged in a spat with Partisan Fontaine, fans are speculating that the rapper was doing drugs. 
Party, who is a New York rapper, and reportedly Megan's new fame can be heard in the background knocking loudly, loudly on the bathroom door and demanding that Megan and company come out. They seem to refuse, at least for a while. If Party's uh, palpable fury is any indication and the situation appeared to escalate into an aggressive con- confrontation, the video that is currently circulating on social media has incited mixed reactions. While some fans hardly see any evidence of foul play, a majority of those who have chimed in strongly believe that Megan Thee Stallion was snorting lines in the bathroom. Mm. Based on the ruckus in the background, fans assume the argument became physical for a moment, and they are speculating that Megan may be more toxic than they think by suggesting that we reevaluate our stance on the infamous shooting with Tory Lanez. Now, this is the second incident. We made the stallion. She is a Pisces, Neptunian shit. You know, Pisces can be susceptible to drugs and alcohol. I'm not saying that's what Megan's doing. This is allegedly. Uh, and that was from who was from that source? What was that from? That was from UrbanIslands.com. Uh, listen. Here's what I'll say. Cocaine. A lot of people who use that shit in Hollywood and think they'll be naturally sniffing that shit. I mean, you know, drugs. Listen, because I have family members, I'm very funny about drug use. I, I think it's, uh, you know, I think, you know, gives me the idea to even, you know, I, you know, because when you can't afford cocaine, I want, you know, shit go down. Okay. I mean, cocaine is not a good thing. I mean, you know, and a lot of celebrities do it like it's normal and shit. It's not normal if you got to get high. It's just not normal. It's not normal. You know, Megan, listen here, you you know, you already been accused of Tory Lanez shooting Tory, Tory Lanez shooting you in the foot. You already accused him of that. And now you got some video but it's Negroes beating down the door trying to get in. It seems like a kind of violent, crazy altercation, allegedly with you in it. Darling, where are you going? Where is your career going? You are a young lady. And if you adding cocaine to all of this, oh, my God, baby. You just setting yourself up in that industry. It's sad. You look at these people and you think, wow, they got the life. The motherfuckers be so fucked up, they in the uh, bathroom snorting cocaine, allegedly. I don't know if that's true, but if it's so, stop. And then if it's not so, then stop getting violent people in your life. What is the deal with drawing the violence? What kind of men are you? Are you what is the Pisces women? You know, maybe you don't want to get shit. Water size, period. But Pisces women particularly can get this shit going. You know, Scorpio women can be with abusive people, too. But listen, Scorpios, it's a dangerous thing to be with a Scorpio and be abusive. Because one day a Scorpio might wake the fuck up and burn down the whole house. And, like, a Scorpio will burn down the house with you and him. (laughs) So you don't want to fucking abuse a Scorpio too much. Because when they snap out of it, it'd be like a whole, you know, 
this is sad. I, I feel, you know, very sorry for this young I hope this young lady is not true. I hope this young lady uh, gets her mind right. Uh, I hope she wasn't allegedly in there snorting no cocaine, because cocaine is, like Rick James said, cocaine is a hell of a drug. And it's just not a good fit, so it's not a good look, so it's just not a good look. With that being said, y'all, I'm giving y'all part two. Are you guys happy? I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys do enjoy it whenever you get to listen to it. I appreciate you guys so much for hanging out with me like you do every week. For those of you who listen, for those of you who check on me, all that good stuff, I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, uh, you guys, hey, always welcome to write to the Carlisle Travel Show and send me messages. I really, really do appreciate them, okay? All right, so we are at 3 minutes and 17 seconds. Okay, let's talk about let's shoot the dish for the next minute. But, you know, uh, I'm going to try to have a show this Saturday. I'll try. I wasn't going to have a show, but maybe I'll go ahead and try it. Maybe Saturday night. I don't know. You know what, guys? I'm trying to, you know, I'm taking a Spanish class and I'm taking my drama class. I'm trying to do, and guess what I'm doing? I'm also taking uh, a, a modeling class with this wonderful uh, person uh, uh, who, who runs a model academy out of Kansas City. And we do stuff, Zoom and stuff. And she, she's really great, uh, Pam Newton. And so I'm so excited, you know, and I've been uh, practicing with her, just trying to learn different things so I can do, do some modeling and stuff like that. So I've just really been having fun, you know, really just trying to get myself back in, you know, and some fun things that I like to do just for hobbies and stuff like that. So you guys, pray for me out there. Wish me luck. Help me. You know, I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone. I'm trying to make the year 48, God bless, to be, you know, uh, uh, to do some things, okay? So, um, yeah. I need y'all to keep praying. And I, everybody has been asking me about YouTube, I'm working on it, okay? I'm working on it. I'm, I'm really scared by YouTube, but, it, you know, I think I'm going to do it. It's a lot, okay? But I'm excited because I'm a perfectionist in my head, so I'll be like, I can't go until I got to do this. I can't do this until I get this. So, yeah, you know, wish me the best. We'll work it out, okay? So, you guys, we're going to leave tonight out with Donnell Jones. You know that I love you. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. Good night. I don't know what I'm getting ready to do. I say I'm not, I'm wide awake. I don't know. <laughs> okay, but I'm out, you guys. Have a good one. Bye.
are listening to the sound of my voice. You are listening to the archive shows. Hey, archive listeners, you know I appreciate you more than anybody. A lot of times my archive listeners listen during the week while they're at work, while they're cleaning up their homes, or while they're just hanging out around the house. When y'all get time, y'all tell me y'all split the show, or sometimes y'all listen to it all in one big walk. I appreciate y'all so much. Listen, to listen to my opinion, and, you know, I know some of my opinion is harsh to follow, and y'all listen to me ramble on. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And uh, you know what? Uh, just um, make sure you guys hit me up on C Chat with Show at um, uh, Twitter, okay? And also Carlotta72 on Twitter. Also, you guys can hit me up at Carly's underscore Galaxy on Instagram and the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page uh, on Facebook. And also on Clubhouse, I'm under Carlotta Chatwood, okay? I've been just roaming around Clubhouse. I haven't really done anything, but maybe I'll have a discussion on Clubhouse. I think I need to do a discussion because that would be really fun. So I might try to get a – I always keep saying I'm going to get a panel, but when I get time, I'm going to try to get a panel together, and we have a fun discussion on Clubhouse uh, sponsored by the show, okay? So we'll get something together, and we'll do this, okay, for y'all so I can start doing something on Clubhouse for y'all, okay? All right, so you guys, I am out. Remember, I hopefully I'll see y'all this week. I'll hear – well, y'all hear me this weekend, okay? Stay warm, stay safe, all that, okay? And definitely stay warm, okay? <laughs> I'm out. Have a good one, you guys. See ya. <laughs> Let's end it with uh, uh, Julian Vaughn, okay? Great, all right? I'm out. See y'all.